When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Because you've got powerful legs, how do you get the physique? Was it gym or how do you get the physique? Um, I've always been that She's actually not got powerful legs. Do you shower in your dressing room? Do you have a shower on the day of a fight or not? Tell us about the tattoos. Shut the fuck up, oh, you yeah. little prick. But then I've got the phoenix. Hey, prick. So I'll take it from Bob every day of the week. Absolute disgrace. I sure just... no one will mind. Move him out of here, Darren. Ricky Hatton didn't go over for his fighter because he risked getting abducted and sold into sexual I never said that. <laughs> <laughs> Both have been rape victims. I'm not watching Frank Buglioni live on Saturday night. Get out of your mind. Jesus Christ, get yourself a life. He's actually a uh, priest. Yeah, yeah. It's because his brother John Fury eye gouged him. What have I told you all this time? He's going to end up sucked out, fucked out, looking for a handout. Boxing, um, Natter's messenger group. Oh, they're going to, oh, I'm going to be the king. Jay Bump, you know what I'm saying? Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the 543rd edition of the Boxing Asylum Notters podcast. I'm your host, Steve Wellings, and joining us on the call, we have Andy Patterson and a returning Adam Smido-Smith going live on YouTube from 8 o'clock every Sunday evening. The ad-free Patreon RSS feed updates shortly after the show concludes. Hello to everyone listening through the week on Google. What is it, Google Podcast? No, I think they've done away with that, actually. I'll have to take that off my list. Apple Podcasts, they're still going Spotify, Sports Social, YouTube, all those good places. Don't forget to leave a review on the podcast player of your choice that the entire month of October, nothing less than five stars, is acceptable. We're delighted to have Smido back with us. No idea what's happened to Matty. Hopefully he's still living and will join us by the end of the podcast. Shout out to everybody in the chat. We'll give you a shout out by name as the show goes on. Only one place to start. As I often say, Sheffield Arena in Sheffield, no less, Lee Wood with a seventh-round TKO victory over Josh Warrington. It was never really in doubt, to be honest with you. That's what Smido might tell you. Smido, I'm going to tell you something, right? I do worry about Lee Wood's long-term health. I'm not going to lie. He takes a lot of shots. He fights like an absolute warrior. He struggles to make weight as well. But this is probably why you're with us tonight in episode 543. He has to be one of the most exciting fighters around at the moment. 
Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, there's every time I come on, I say the the list of fighters that I set my clock by on a Saturday night um, to watch is very very small nowadays. Very small. You could probably count it on one hand. Lee Woods, one of them, obviously with the the, the Nottingham connection. Um, but yeah, how, how he does it is uh, quite amazing, really, to pull so many fights out the fi- out the fire where he's been, you know, banging trouble, particularly um, recently. The underdog uh, on on I mean on this run that he's been on since being with Ben Davidson and you know not many of our listeners uh, this evening Steve will want to give credit to that man but I'm, I'm pretty sure you're going to have to I mean the run he's been on um, again underdog against all these fighters behind down against Conlon behind against Warrington obviously he had to come back for the rematch from Maurizio Lara and got that job done as well I mean yeah it's a remarkable turnaround I used to say these words about Josh Warrington a few years ago when I was more engaged in boxing and the boxing asylum that the most improved fighter in the in the country and and I think Josh Warrington was that at one stage I think improved probably the wrong word with Lee, Lee Wood but overachieving from where he was a few years ago flitting around in Sheffield down the um way down the pecking order at the at the Ingle gym way too far down for, for Lee Wood hence why he moved but you know, literally, and I know we joke every week, leisure centres. I have literally been to a leisure centre to watch Lee Wood against some Brazilian that they got in on two days' notice in, in 2013. Um, pretty much the first, he's never had, um, I think he was, he might have been with, with uh, Hennessy at one time, maybe not. And then he was basically promoting himself and selling tickets himself. And it was all late notice. And he, he's never really been a matchroom fighter, really. He certainly mm-hmm. didn't come on board as one. That re, that um, Reese Mould opportunity, I think, came around around COVID time. He was in that golden contract thing that's, you know, not really to do with matchroom that was on Sky. So um, if you'd have said to him, you know, even four years ago that, that, that this was even a couple of the recent wins, never, you know, win the regular title against Kanzu and knock Michael Conn out, for example, in the in the 11th round or whatever it was, he'd have took that off you then. But there's so many notches to, to the story and to have turned it around from, from where he was, because he, he ain't that young and he, and he wasn't that young when this run started, really. You know, Kanzu was two years ago. He was 33 at the time. Like I say, never really had the, the backing, um, but he's got it now in terms of his fans. And, you know, I don't think there's... And, and the entertainment, the entertaining fights that he brings, I think there's no choice but for someone to back him, i.e. Matchroom, which is, which is great. But, yeah, um, for him to, you know, to, like I say, three, three, four or five years ago, you'd have said, you know, where's, where's Lee Wood going? You know, he lost to Jazza Dickens in that final of that golden contract, MGK thing, whatever it's called. And then... Um, MTK yeah, Shotos. Yeah, shout out to them. Um, Jazza Dickens is, you know, p- pretty talented himself at, at that level in that in that time. But Lee Wood was a strong favourite to beat Jazza Dickens, and then um, you know he got he got upset there. The first time really he ever stepped up at the um, Hall Ice Arena, another one where I was at. Um, you know, he got beat by Gavin McDonald. Didn't really, you know, that was the first time he was really hit, hurt. He didn't know what to do, and and everything all unravelled there. I mean, we're going we're going a long way back on on Lee Wood's career here, but I mean, yeah, last night. We got the fight that we pretty much expected, really. I mean, we expected Warrington to come out, get close, swing. We've seen it before with some success and a, and a lot of degree of entertainment. I mean, I vividly remember, as will you, Steve, Warrington and Frampton basically going toe-to-toe after 15 seconds of their fight, like like straight from the off. Mm-hmm. Um, and Warrington tried to do that a little bit last night, but Wood wasn't for it. He, he didn't want to do that. He kind of had to. He was getting caught with shots all over. But we've seen that, you know, he was put put down flat on his back by Conlon early doors in, in that fight. Um, and obviously we know what Lara did to him as well. So he's got that, he's got that vulnerability, but he's, he's got the, 
you know, the heart and the, 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 the technique and the power to go with it. Because Lee Wood, I mean, I've obviously I followed his career from, from early doors, given he was, you know, he was in the year above me at school. And then um, he was never really known to, for his power early doors in, in, in Bantam weight and uh, started at Bantam, then Super Bantam and obviously now Feather. But I mean, this run he's been on since hooking up with Davidson for, for knockouts. He's, he, all of his wins, I think, have come by knockout. Um, Why is he you... knocking people out all of a sudden, do you think? Well, I think it, I think Ben Davidson's obviously an excellent operator. Um, and, and, and that's why he's, he's, you know, he's making him sit sit down on his punches and he's really bringing that out. And, no, but in all seriousness, you are going to have to credit someone. He's obviously took a massive... Ah, Lee Wood. Yeah. Well, great, ben, ben Guardiola. Well, brilliant. Brilliant. Give it, give it to Lee Wood. Something has obviously changed. He's gone away from the, from the Ingles, um, and it is obviously a different style, a unique style in Sheffield. He's come away from that. Wherever he ended up, he was going to probably fight differently. He's ended up with Ben Davidson. Some might give him credit. Not probably not the people on on, on this uh, on this chat, but yeah, he, last night he, he just couldn't get the space that he wanted early doors as as Warrington was smothering him, and rightly so. I think that was the the the, um, the game plan that Warrington should have gone with and did. Um, and yeah, he was landing them shots. You know, plenty of of hooks, even a couple of of jabs from Warrington that we're not used to seeing. Um, but yeah, he just eventually uh, Woods turned it around. He's pulled it out of the fire again. I mean. The stoppage looks fine, pretty fine to me. You could probably see it either way. If I was a big Warrington fan, I would probably argue the other way. Um, his body was stiff and his legs were all over before he even went down. Um, so he was already all over the shop. He got up, fair play to him, but he was still wobbly. And, you know, this narrative's come out about his fate. He was facing the wrong way from the ref. He was, to be fair, um, although turning around quite late on. Um, the point of contention on the stoppage to me would be that it was because it was at the end of the round. That's why it's a debate. Would he, you know, would he been able to recover and come out for the next round if he'd had a minute on his stool? Probably yes, he probably would. Um, but if it was midway through the seven and the punches that were landed, maybe two or three of them were probably unnecessary punches. No one's fault, but you know, he was already kind of, you know, the the switch had already gone off and and Wood landed a couple of more punches for good measure as he was on the way down. But because it was the last two seconds of the round rather than halfway through. I think that's where the debate comes in. But another cracking fight for Lee Wood. And, you know, you have got to get... You, boxing is so shit at the minute. You've got to give credit. You've got to take it where you can. That You know, it's not pay-per-view, although it is subscription, whatever. But it's fought three times in a year. They've all been pretty good fights. You know, the, the, the Laura rematch, he, he did what he had to do um, in terms of getting the win. But, you know, fighting regularly in domestic fights, which we always promote on this channel, great stuff. Great stuff. Absolutely, yeah, we do promote domestic fights indeed. Chris Butler says Woods got four world level wins now. Not many UK fighters have got that. Uh, Dez made a comment as well. He said Lee Woods strikes me as a kid who isn't a long range sing single puncher, but in close short range, I think Lee carries genuine power. Lee is dangerous in the pocket, and you shouldn't punch with him. Don't be punching with him, Andy. That's the main uh, takeaway there. What about the refs' call then? Smido mentioned it. I think given the timing at the end of the round, the referee could have been justified. I think that would have been the easy way out in letting him see the minute between rounds. I think because Warrington's fit and it was right at the end of the round, and I'm a bit of a Steve Schmoger character, I would have liked to have seen it carry on. What do you think? Yeah, I, I take both points, to be fair. Um, you could argue that because the way he got up, he was he was definitely on the skanky legs. He turned his back on the referee as the referee's trying to call him back into action or trying to kind of check him out. Um, you could maybe see that. I can understand maybe people saying it's premature considering that Josh, I would need to say, but I think everybody watching that fight would say that Warrington was well ahead and even the scorecards proved that point. Um, 
could have given him every chance, but at the same time, it was a heavy knockdown. Uh, that said as well, but one thing I want to uh, want to say, and I thought Smithers would have picked up on it. Smithers, you've watched him from the early doors. Have you ever, coming up through the ranks, ever seen Lee Wood fight Southpaw? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it, not like, not definitely not at this level, but yeah, certainly. Exactly. Yeah. At this level, I mean. Was the plan last night to come out there purely in you know Southport to try and you know fuck with Warrington's method or whatever it was? I mean, Warrington came right out as a bull, intensity was right up there. Would I thought just couldn't cope the whole fight? You know, as, as that wore on, it just looked like it was gonna it was ebbing away from him. And as you say the power in the end has pulled him out the fire. There's definitely shades of the Gatti about him without doubt. But come on, we'll see what happened to Gatti at the end of the day, right? Would has problems with people who you know kind of put the intensity on him. He struggles to cope for time to time, and he's having to pull it out the fire time after time with his power. And that shit ain't going to work when he starts to go up to one thirty, man. I mean, is that's not going to work on the likes of Navarrete or a Hector Garcia, possibly? You know, I just don't understand why he went south, Paul. because he was well, everything down the middle. He was wide open for every shot that he got thrown. Yeah, I mean, what I would say, he was known even before he went to Sheffield and the Ingalls, he was known as a as a, a silky boxer. He re- represented England, didn't quite get it to the, to that Olympic level, but de- you know, definitely was a, a England international. Um, and, and was slick, always always been slick, he, uh, even when he was fifteen, even when I was down at the gym. Um, so yeah, he's definitely he's definitely got that in him. Obviously, that was amplified when he went to Sheffield because we all know that that they switch it in as, as a default really for them guys so so yeah he's got it in him but it obviously didn't work out very well last night and it's just it's just crazy to think that you know that yeah Lee, that Lee Wood is being talked about as a big puncher and not not just on last night obviously you know we've got Conlon, Reese Mould etc uh, yeah, Zan as well the Chinese fella and um, yeah it's just it's just mad really that you know if you'd have asked me that that many years ago, what as you see his career panning out, is it going is he going to end up being a puncher? Absolutely not. You'd have said that. So there is, you know, he's obviously made a lot of changes, and it is a big difference to go from that Sheffield setup. I know I've said it a couple of times to somewhere else. Wherever you go from that Sheffield setup, it's going to be pretty different. Um, you know, from that that they you know that slick. You know, we can you can name them all. Um, and to go from that to to where he is now is is pretty incredible, really. Andy Baron Bedsaws there says, uh, "Hmm, what happened to save by the bell end of the round, boys? Josh should have had at least had I the thought, corner before either quitting or coming out for the next round." That's only the last round, then. I think it's only the last round that can save you. You can't be saved by the bell. Aye, uh, until the twelfth and final round. I think it's a twelfth round. Once that bell goes in the twelfth round, that's a fight over. So, is that, is that, is that not right? I think. Yeah. Right. Yep. So, Most commissions go by that, and, and yeah. sanctioning organisations. That's how I understood it, at least. I. But uh, no, I just, I just felt you know him turning south because I'm just kind of sitting there watching it for the first round. I'm saying to myself, okay, that's interesting. And as if I, as if I kind of like guys they I'm saying to myself, he's staying southpaw and he's eating every shot coming down the middle there. Um, and, like, I thought he was running the risk himself of getting stopped in that as well. And you know, f- fair. To me, that was down to Lee with pulling it out of the fire at the end of the day. We've seen it for time after time when when the chips are down. He digs deep and he can somehow pull it out of the fire, but he kind of keep resorting to that because the damage is going to be t- telling at this point as well. He's mid-30s now. Go to watch, man. He's got to watch. And as I say, you just don't know if, if, if the power, if, when he does go up in a weight, sorry, it's, it seems like it's, it's inevitable. Is the power going to come up? Possibly. Is it going to work on, on these bigger guys who are going to be rehydrating, like, you know, maybe like in the mid-140s after 24 hours? You just don't know. Is it going to have, have the same effect? 
You know, is he going to be able to hold the, uh, you know, the same weight of shots off these 140 pounders once they've rehydrated after the punishment he's took? Don't know, because as I says last night, he was wide open for every shot that Warrington threw at him, and bigger puncher could have had him out of there. I think to put my fanboy hat away for the for the time being, um, you, you could see him. You know, you, you all know where he's going through here, where he wants to go for his next fight. It's it's going it could be a, a cash out job and. And it could end up with him flat on his back, to be honest. You're going to go to Vegas when he ends up there, Smith? No, um, Froch never made it to Vegas, did he? So I don't think Lee Wood's going to uh, going to make it there either. But no, I've, I can see it being a being city ground, selling loads of tickets, quite possibly against Warrington, quite possibly a, a, a higher weight class. Warrington's not the man to put him flat on his back, but you know that you could see that happening without being disrespectful. It's already happened within a fight against Conlon, and he got up to carry on. And Conlon ain't a big puncher. So, what do you do though? What do you do with him next? Actually, once he come up and wait, because there's there's no like Cordina, maybe. Yeah, I just think the weight's irrelevant because I honestly think he's probably only got one or two fights in, left in him. So, the, the, yeah. So Warrington or Cordina or any, yeah, any of them. Hmm. Des says, yeah, he was dead at the weight last night. His legs gave up on him after three rounds. That's the way it looked to me. And, and yes. Warrington made a mistake and he just he hammered him. And as Michael Thompson says, Andy, he kept uh, Warrington's head at bay going southpaw. Maybe that was part of the plan. So there was some strategic thinking in it, even though it yeah. looked to us at the end. Like, uh, What about the beginning of the seventh, actually? Uh, the referee, Michael Alexander, took a point away. From Warrington, I don't know. I think he was trying to. It was around the back of the head. Yeah, wasn't it? back of the uh, head. I think it was something. Like, I, I, I thought you were talking about a head, but no, I didn't. See, well, I, I, I did see Warrington obviously when he was coming in. That you know, when they were grappling, the heads were quite close. That type of thing. Um, I was going to say something else actually, but uh, I just went right out my head. Sorry. No, you're okay. Mark Stanton says, "Have you been approached by Forge Stout yet for a sponsorship? They are everywhere you look in boxing." No, but we're happy to. Well, I know uh... if you want to nip over to Doubles and Trebles on YouTube, but we're open for sponsors as well. Yeah. Hey, oh, Smido coming on for the spot. Hey, Smido, I defended you in the chat. They said he's here because it's dart season starting up again. I said, no, Smido's here for Lee Wood. And I was hey, wrong, Smido. The darts final is on right now and I'm not watching it because I'm speaking to you guys. Who's who's in the darts final? I think, is it Price and Humphreys World Grand Prix final, I think. Oh, very good. There you go. World Grand Prix is going on. Go over and watch it, everybody. And leave us <laughs> if you want to. <laughs> Smith, you stick along for, uh, around for as long as you want. I know you only saw the wood fight, but we'll come back to you if you do indeed stick around. Dominic's with us as well in the absence of rapping Rob Kelly. Uh, ben Russell threw in a question there. Don't, well, not some, it was more of a comment, really, uh, Dominic. He said, Inoue said Wood was the hardest puncher he's fought. I've seen this article as well. Apparently, before the Jamie McDonald fight, Inoue bought Lee Wood over. I'm not really sure what the crack was. He was very heavy, and he said that Wood could absolutely bang. You know, he was a puncher, and he was a decent, big, strong fighter. So an Inoue endorsement for Lee Wood, if nothing else, this weekend. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. I, I wasn't aware that um, that Wood had been over sparring with Inoue, and uh, there's no question that the guy can really dig at nine stone. Um, but I would sort of endorse what uh, Andy was saying about the, there being doubts about whether that'll translate up to 130 pounds. Um, I I would sort of, I don't think it'll be as effective up there. Um, but uh, yeah, I'll just start off, Steve, by, by sort of, I got a message from Rob saying he, he couldn't come on uh, and asking me what it, what it fell in from. Um, minus Rob's humour, of course, but... Um, you very uh, early as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but um, <laughs> he, he, 
He left, I just fuel the YouTube haters. I'm only joking. Not he joking. left a voice note um, giving his breakdown of the fight, so I'll just I'll try and relay as best I can uh, what he was saying. But Rob, first of all, didn't have too much of a problem with the stoppage. He thought the stoppage was was fair enough, given given that uh, you know would nearly as Rob put it, he nearly killed McConlon, and that was very that was a very scary situation. Um, but the, the big thing Rob was saying as well was I think the guys have touched on it already. The fact that he uh would the fact that he caught Warrington coming in with a southpaw right, um, it sort of um it allows Ben Arcel, I know Andy calls him Ben Guardiola, I call him Ben Arcel. Um it allows him to sort of continue to claim he's a genius and it, it sort of uh overrides the reality that the the, the plan to come out southpaw at for for the for the for the most part it really did backfire, uh, you know quite considerably. Um, I thought Wood had more success when he tried the box orthodox at Reigns in the centre of the ring. I know uh, the the guy some of the guys in the chat there said that uh, Wood was more effective up close because his legs were were shot from the struggle of making the weight and therefore. He was safer and better, you know, at close quarters. But there was a few rounds in the middle of the fight where I felt when he tried to keep it long and orthodox, um, he looked safer there to me. He looked a bit more comfortable. But, um, yeah, it's, um, Rob, Rob was pretty much adamant that he needs to get rid of he needs to get rid of uh, Ben Davison moving forward or moving sideways or moving whatever direction they're moving. But um, I, I, for my own opinion... I'm sort of with you, Steve. I felt the stop. I wouldn't push it too hard, but I certainly felt the stoppage was, was uh, potentially the wrong call. Um, the, the the fact is, that a lot of people I think seem to think that the the, uh, the 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 big thing was when the bell sounded. That to me, the 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 bell looks to have sounded just after Warrington uh, hit the canvas and before the count started. So therefore, the round had officially ended. Now, there, it's possible that the ref, you know, may have in the in the sort of hasty air of everything that was going on, he may not have fully clocked that the round was over. I think he probably did know the round was over, but um, I just think because it's a world title fight, a guy should be given every opportunity. And as I was saying to you earlier, I think if it could have turned what was already an excellent fight into something very dramatic in the next couple of rounds if Warrington was trying to you know, sort of hold on and get himself back into the fight because he was well ahead. There's no question about that. Um, but uh, as as for what happens now, um, I think the Cordina fight is the is the if he does go up to one thirty, um, that's the most likely thing. But I wouldn't fancy him at all in that fight. I would. I think Cordina would would probably stop him. Um, and then if he is stay, you know, it it, it looks like he it's it's not. It looks like it's a bad idea for him to try to stay at featherweight. Um, uh, you know what would he do if he stayed at featherweight? You know, well, it's he, a shame because him and Lopez would be a good fight. I think it would be a good fight, but I think he would get knocked out in that fight, Steve. Um, he would, but it'd be good until he did. It would be good until he did. And you never it. know. You never know. No, him. you're right. I think I think that's a good point. I think there's definitely he hits hard enough at that weight. Um, and with with the with the AVs that are that are reportedly getting into him after the weigh-in, you know. He'll be strong enough. Uh, maybe the guys want to touch on that. There, there's persistent rumours that you know he's they get him back to the hotel room after the weigh-in, and he gets the IV drip in him to 
strengthen them up. And I think I should say this: I don't, I don't really care. Like, I, I just said, you know, I, he is, and he does come across like a very nice guy. Um, but I would, I would question um, where the knockout powers come from um, in in lot of fights, um, and not just the, the the whole issue of IVs after the win. Um, uh, but if he's gonna get caught, he's gonna get caught on an Eddie show. So at least we know that. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't like. I don't like to say it because if he's been taking IV, that's against the. Uh, you know what? Yeah. I mean, if you need an IV, you need to be in hospital. That is that is a cut and thrust of the matter. Mm-hmm. Too many of these DIY doctors not on the side. That's how you get fucking. This is how fighters get caught. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, we don't know hundred percent. This is the case. Is that right, Dominic? No, it's just rumors, but they're persistent rumors. Like they're they're. And he the rumor was look... that he wasn't feeling too hot after after the way, and apparently he was on the verge of collapse. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the rumor. See, I, he did look uh, in, in the face in the way, and I was just thinking about this earlier. And I, he looked sort of, he did look quite ghost ghost like in the face, but I, I felt as as you know as as midriff, as torso, everything and that looked a bit healthier. But um, you know, you, you can't really say. You know, you're just looking at it at a distance, but um. It, 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 it's sort of it, in terms of how easy it is to hit that's a big concern it, it, it looks worse because he has that mop of hair on his head and every time he gets tagged it sort of shakes about and it looks probably worse than it is but yeah I, i'm i'm a fan of i'm not saying this like being sort of um funny or anything but i'm a fan of fighters just shaving the hair off david lemieux was like that he always had this big massive mop of sort of like a bobby charlton comb over and every mm-hmm. time he took a jab off golovkin i remember it was flying about all over the place and i think he could influence some you know less experienced judges maybe yeah that was in the golovkin fight that was the worst example i think you know it was it was really glaring and that fight um and it was going to, you could see it was sort of coming back around and almost getting in his eyes. Um, I mean, you've, you've heard, I think most of it, there's been stories in the past, you know, when a fighter, I think before Calzaghi fought Lacey, um, Enzo Calzaghi at the pre-fight rules meeting after the way, and he, he, Lacey was sporting a big beard, mm. and Enzo forced him to, forced him to shave it off. But um, Old-time trainers always would have done it back in the day, wouldn't they? Danny Williams, I remember, grew a big beard the once and they made him shave it off and all. I suppose it's much for gamesmanship as anything else, but Larry, excuse me, Larry Merchant referred to it like maybe grinding away in the clinches at someone's eye. I don't think it would do too much damage, but I, it could be a factor. I like like sort of like making a cut worse and, and, and yeah. you know, I, I sort of undermine a cut man's efforts to sort of clean up a cut. And I, yeah, it's, it's, you see that, but well, it's. Um, I thought it was. It was a very. It was. Uh, you have to say it was a very good fight, excellent fight, um, and there's no question. Wood he can really dig at, at that weight. I thought Warrington. I was impressed by him because he he was sort of he was denying. He looks to me like a fighter who he does the basics very well, but he looks like he's very very good at following a game plan to the absolute to the letter of what the what the what they've laid out in training. Like he, he you know was... what I think he did well as well? Sorry to interrupt you, but I'll, I'll forget if I don't say it. I think he did a very good job of closing the range very quickly. I think his footwork was underrated last night. He stood off, and then when he got in the range, his feet got him in so quickly, he had a couple of shots off already before Wood was able to react. Oh, that's that's very that's very true. That, that's a good point. And also, what I liked was after he did his work, he would a lot of time he'd go for a wee walk just to deny Wood a bit of rhythm. He would, he would sort of, he would, he was very deliberately trying, I thought, not to 
not to sort of um, give any uh, display any rhythm to his work. So he was sort of he was sort of changing the the, the tempo and the the pace of the attack. Yeah, and... so it wasn't like we know he's going to do this, then come in, do this, come in constantly. He was he was mixing it up a bit. Yeah, definitely. I I thought he I, I was I was impressed by him. I thought it looked like they they'd done good work and um you know he, he was following a, a game plan very well, but. Yeah, it's, it's it's sort of on the stoppage again. You know, it's it's um, he had his back turned, yes. Um, but I almost I sometimes almost wonder did Warrington did he think had he heard the bell and was he believing that the round was over and that he was he didn't actually have to turn round until he did. You know, it's hard to know what actually happened. I think he had a few bells ringing in his ears by that point. Yeah, it's it's it. I just would have would have liked to seen him. Given the given the chance, it's world championship box. I, I think I was just thinking about this before it came on. I think you know none of uh, some of the guys were talking about. I think it was uh, Smitto was talking about there the punches that that Warrington took after the first punch. The punches that he took on the way down they were really really accurate on the chin. And of course, none of us like to see guys taking shots that they don't really need to take. But sometimes I fear that we're in danger of losing sight. Of what the game really is and what it's all about, you know, it's you know you, you can't what there's a point beyond which you can't water the sport down any further. And if you do, it, it's not boxing anymore. It's not fighting. You know, it, it's 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 world championship boxing. I would just would have liked to see him given at least a chance. Um, because as you say, I think the point you made, Steve, is is fair. And you know, his fitness is a key factor. You know, you that fitness allows you to recover quickly. Now, I'm not saying. I know the referee can't have that as his primary consideration when he's deciding in those split moments whether to stop a fight. But I think, I, I think some, I think good referees would silently take that into account. Would 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 find some a good referee would sort of have have some cognizance of that of the of the the character and the the makeup of the fighter whose whose fate he's about to decide. Um. That, and I think it could have become, as I say, I think it could have become even more of a memorable fight in the following rounds. Um, but yeah, it's uh, don't know where he goes from here. Um, I don't really know if I'd want to see a rematch even at one thirty. Uh, hard to know. Chris Butler there saying this wasn't a controversial stoppage. I don't really think it was controversial either, but I think there was enough going on that it's well worthy of a debate. I think that would be my... Yeah. And also also as well, just quickly, the business about... I was asleep, I was pretty much sleeping earlier when they were talking about Saved by the Bell. I don't think that Saved by the Bell is the reason why I think it should have gone on. Like, I know that's factually, it couldn't have been Saved by the Bell. I was more going on about the referee making the call, but as Dominic said there... um. The referee's got to weigh all these things up. You know, two-time former world champion, very experienced, very, very fit, had been winning up to this point. The ref's got to sort of work all that out in his head. But then again, people are very critical of referees other weekends and expect them to do a lot of things in a, a short space of time and make snap decisions. So I suppose we can't have our cake and eat it. I'm just going to bring Smido back in because I'm conscious that he's probably going to disappear off at some point. There's the scores on the screen, Smido. I'm sure you can see them. 58-56 uh, to Warrington, 59-55 times two. No real complaints over the the way the scoring was going at the time of the stoppage. No, I, I think that is, that's about right. I mean, you would everyone would have expected um, everyone would have expected Warrington to be to be in front. Let's let's have it right, and um, you know, and although everyone might have expected that, it's not always what you get. You know, I, I remember 
you know, even fights that the fights that have not gone the distance, you're still shocked when you when you see the race card, uh, race card, when you see the scorecard, even even though you've got the even though you've got the result. So yeah, uh, not much argument with that for, uh, for me, Steve. Um, I mean, it's a very very long time since I've sat and scored a fight. I, I don't really give a damn. But um, but yeah, no, no surprises there. And, and actually, good for a change. Good to see. And I tell you something else, me though. I've got it up here. I was going to put it on for Bellew of the week, but I don't. I think it, the Bellew's on us maybe for this one. Nottingham and Leeds under one roof in Sheffield. Saturday's going to be wild. I thought it would be absolute carnage. Both of these fan bases descended on Sheffield. Sheffield went through at home against Huddersfield on the afternoon as well. I tell you what, the atmosphere sounded absolutely class, and they boyed it up, didn't they, with sort of the promos you see them on the zone. They're both wearing the, the sort of hooligan gear and running around with the flares and all that. It did sound like a class atmosphere, and I didn't hear too many reports of people being hit with chairs or anything, which is all. <laughs> well, I mean, it might have something to do that the, the main event actually went off at a reasonable time, uh, a reasonable-ish time. No, disgusting. Um, but yeah, yeah, awful. Frank will be turning in his grave. But what you could say about these two, though, uh, I, I, obviously I can't vouch for uh, Josh Warrington 100%, but he has always had the Leeds connection, the Leeds football connection always. So, And, and obviously Lee does as well. So the, it does appear to be genuine fans rather than the likes of you know, Ebony Bridges taking on uh, taking on a, a football team within the UK. Good stuff. Anything else you want to throw into me, don't case we lose you? Any Anthony Joshua updates? Are you watching any other boxing? Any darts? What, what's the crack? Yeah, darts is on. Going price is, is one nil up in the final against uh, against Luke Humphries. Um, yeah, oh, uh, well, it could be here a while, Steve. Um, I've got all night. What's the next fight I'm looking forward to? Um, I mean, maybe Conor Ben and Chris Eubank if, if that happens, but that's a whole kind of different kind of worms. Um, yeah, I just think that you know, it's just a shit show. It's just a shit show. The old things, the old things, a shit show, and and it's and it's you know once every I don't know quarter, three or four months that a good fight like this, uh, we look forward to it. Before. Is boxing shit and a big waste of everybody's time? Yes, yes. And the sooner and the sooner, Steve. I mean, you you and Andy are, are entrenched in it, but the sooner the likes of you and Andy and Dominic to an extent realize that boxing is shite, your life will improve. Um, so what are we going to what are we going to do on a, on a Sunday you, night, man? You must need me moan every other fucking weekend about the state of this fucking sport for the last. This, this like, is like the eight o'clock mass for people, man. Know. Where are these people going to go, Smido? This is like heroin addicts yeah. on the streets. Yeah, yeah but the people the, are, we get. the people that are listening to us on a Sunday night really haven't got anywhere else to go. So yeah, it is a pub. It is a it is a public service that we that we are offering, and I do genuine. I'm not even kidding. I do genuinely take my hat off to people that are dedicated to it, like you two. You fucking mental. You mental. Some of the fights that you lot lads watch live and on replay you're mad um but yeah that's off to you but uh, yeah I've, I've come full circle really though like uh, you know Andy was very proud of my transformation I was you know I was team match room to start with and then and then you know I made a full full u-turn there and Andy was that was one of Andy's proud oh, what do you know it was my greatest conversion yeah, yeah yeah you did and you were successful in it and I don't I, I, I don't mind admitting that um but yeah I just yeah, Woo! Full, come full circle I mean it, it, like everywhere you turn, there's there's problems. Like, and they make and they do genuinely. Unless they manage Smido, it? there's always yeah. problems. <laughs> but like, boxing's always been like this, though, Smido. There's always been probably controversy, has. people getting killed it, and whatnot. It, it probably has, Steve. But when you you come in as a bit of a you know fresh faced newcomer, you you you're all innocent and everything's rosy, and then you and then in the end you realise it, it isn't. Um, and I was just you know. I don't know what word you want to use, but I was just, you know, clever enough to jump off the train while, while I still had the chance. You guys are never getting off. It's always um, been shit, though. As I say, <laughs> you've got Marvin Hagler having to take lawsuits to get a world title fight. You've got, 
You've got Ali getting bombed at the sport for three years because he, re- he refused to get signed up to the army. You've mm-hmm. got fucking guys going, you know, black fighters back in the 20s and 30s not getting title fights just purely because of their skin colour. Can you imagine that happening these days? Holy fuck. But like, oh, it survives, man. It's like the, it's like the rats. It's been a good year. It's been a good year. man. For boxing. But I, been all right in terms I of like want you to talent. take I want you to take me back to, to the Ledger Centre period. I want you to take me back to Injin Chi versus Michael Brody. Seriously, <laughs> that was a great fight. That, we that's where that I want to be. Later. That's where I want to be. Like I don't I'm I don't want to listen to, to five and six interviews a day from, from but hang on a minute, Smith. Is that just not nostalgia? Maybe the youngsters of today it's who aren't as meddled as us are having these moments by watching Lee no, Wood against Josh Warrington no. that we had 20 years no. ago. No, Steve, because in a, in a serious answer to that, the, they're not the, the, the people. Is that someone's doorbell? Someone's the, at your door, I think. No, it's not Ken, my door. Ken, it was thirty years ago last night, by the way. Just just so you bring that up, talking about nostalgia of the sport. Ben Eubank rematch it was thirty years ago yesterday at Old Trafford. There wow. you go. That's how fucking old I feel, mate. I was thirteen that night. Wow. No, but in, in answer to Steve's question, the people aren't watching in Jinchi against Michael Brody. Because it's not readily available. Yeah, you can say what you want about the zone, and we, we will take a dump on it. But you have to you have to sign up. You have to have the app. You have to do, do whatever. Sky Sport, you know, you might you, you your mum and dad at home have Sky uh, have this or the whole Sky package, and you might just trip trip over and land on in Jinchi and Michael Brody. That that you pretty much can't do that anymore because what they're delivering on Sky is an absolute joke, and then anything away from Sky is an extra sign up BT. Um, the zone, you whatever. Sky? It but, yeah, but yeah, but yeah, I, I've got Sky at home and I don't get BT unless I pay extra. I'm on Sky at home and I don't get the zone unless I pay extra. Like you just can't stumble across it. Like it's, you can't be there organically. Like, and this Sky is the... more universal. You're saying because people will have it for the football. It's easily accessible. Yes. It's not tucked yes. away on an app that doesn't yes. work half the time allegedly. Yes, yes. And what they're delivering on Sky is absolutely awful. Like. And anything that's anything that's okay on Sky is is given the pay, the pay per view treatment. Um, Shalom, you know. they're going to get rid of Shalom soon. You would imagine, Smido. You would uh, at Sky surely get oh. back Bean, bring back Bean. Bean. That's a that's a different story. But yeah, there's there's so many for, for for people that were a big fan like me, and you know, like I say, I've travelled to to fucking Hall Ice Arena. I've been I've I've been over to MSG to watch fights. Blah blah blah. Not I don't want credit for that. I'm just saying that's where I was. I booked I booked half days off work to watch um uh, do a dollar against the the Russian hammer on Bo- on Box Nation. That like this has all happened. Like so, I was there. I was there, I was there, and to come. To be as far away as I am now is a, it's a shame on on the sport and they're putting up that many reasons and uh, for you not to be a fan. It's it's so you, whether that's pay per view, whether that's drugs, whether that's getting bullshit title shots, whether it's the price of tickets to go or the aggro when you go. Like there's a, there's the the list for reasons not to be a boxing fan is quite long. Smither, you sound like someone has come back to Alcoholics Anonymous and said, "Lads, come on! If I can do it, you can do it too." Well, yeah, we've gone down a we've gone down a different direction than I was planning here, but um, but yeah, that's 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 where I am. There's nothing to look forward to. We've got Tyson Fury against some some MMA dude. The biggest card on the zone this year takes place next Saturday, and it's full of YouTubers, and that that's also uh, you know a big a big worry as well. The, the whole thing's a mess. Um, but it might it may well have been a mess for a hundred years, as Andy alluded to. Mm, Smith, Smith, I'm I'm feeling a bit nostalgic here because I was just saying to Steve before I came on, I, I'm actually I'm more like you, Smith, than you might believe. I'm in that limbo land between hardcore and casual. And 
I was just saying to Steve, I feel like he had her day of coming on here without having seen most of the fights. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but what is the reason to watch most of the fights when it's, you know, A, when it's women's boxing, which which will upset some people, but it's shy, and B, when it's, uh, you know, uh, 100, 100 to 1 on favourite, you know, uh, 2, two and 0 against someone who's 50 and, and or 0 and 50, like, like, like there's no, they're not giving you reason to watch the other the other fights. And anything that's, you know, they always take in the easiest route to to, to success or to a title. Um, and then whenever it does get b- b- above anything, above British British level now, is, is, is pay-per-view. And that's a big problem. Well, on women's boxing, it's 10 two-minute rounds at the moment. They're talking about moving it to 12 three-minute rounds. Uh, sorry, it is Good. 10, th- uh, yeah, 12 three-minute rounds, sorry. Uh, so that for equality reasons, Smido. So we can watch an extra twelve minutes of some of these fights. Isn't that a good thing, Steve? That's a quality, though, Smido. That's what that's, that's, that's what that's what we want, mate. That's what we need to know. They fight well, same as the men. Well, equality is fine, but I still won't watch it, um, and that's my choice. But I, I can still proudly say that I have never, ever, ever watched a full round of women's boxing ever. Not a single one. You're a hater. Yeah. yeah. I wonder. Right, I, I, it's good. Go on, dummy. I wonder if Sky, how long they are for for continuing the broadcast boxing at all, Steve. Never mind second off Shalom, but I mean, who would they get to replace them? Fat Mick. No, what they might well, Fat Mick's behind the scenes with Shalom. Yeah, Hennessy, as we say, Hennessy. Yeah, but he, he's promoters. working with Shalom, and the fact that it's not getting any better, we could maybe lay the blame at Fat Mick's door. But I think what they would do is they wouldn't sack off boxing altogether. I think they'd retain like the Bob Arum deal. But get rid of domestic boxing, maybe something like that. They would possibly. Well, do. I was going to say, gee, like Steve Wood, the chance, like, give him a couple of dates. He was putting a good couple of Friday night shows. Like, it doesn't need to be prime time Saturday. They put on a Friday night show. Take on promotions. British title fights, a couple of you know area title fights, British title, Commonwealth title fights, whatever it's going to be. Cyclone promotions. Be... Dominic's calling for there, Andy. Uh... <laughs> what are they doing these days? Well, I don't know, mate. You've destroyed them apparently. In court, <laughs> Steve Wellington, the promoter slayer. <laughs> Man, I'm going to get him to chat me your door, mate, with a fucking son of a shotgun. You fucking bastard. My biggest win. Uh, no, well, I don't know. I don't know if, is, is Steve Wood the answer, Andy? I'm not sure, man. What, what oh, should Sky be doing, an- do you think? Well, I'm not saying he's the answer, though, mate. What I'm saying is, in terms of like quality control, man, I, I dare say the guys, the guys listening to that, where's the point of sitting watching? I need to go pull up the car details and that, but you know, a lot of these... I'm ugly, aren't you? Right, right, okay. A, a lot of these cars have probably like, either got prospects on it against like a, a 15 fucking you know type of opponent. You might have a couple of you know 50 ish type fights. You have a, a, a couple of uh, women's fights on there. Name's interested in, really. You know, must be real about it. And then you might you might just get one world title fight. Why don't you just stack it with like domestic 50 50 title fights for British Commonwealth area titles? Guys would be far more interested in watching that fight night with a couple of tins. Uh, than watching some of the trash that Ben's has always uh, been putting up and putting on the, like, the main event, waiting till like half, ten, eleven o'clock yeah. at night for a main event. M- main event's nonsense. too late. Uh, here, Des says Sky should have an ex- shouldn't have an exclusive deal with any promoter. Exclusive deals do not help boxing. I, I've been saying that for years. They should say, right, bring this to the table. We've got this money. We've got these dates. Bring me something to the table and, and impress me. And I'll put it on. But that leads me to believe, Andy, that Sky don't want what we want. I don't think they're maybe that interested in having too many uh, equal fights. They're interested in building stars, stupid mismatches, saying that women's fights are world titles, all this type of stuff. I think they're looking for something different from what we are. They want well, social media clicks and all this, not Commonwealth title fights. Well, building stars means pay-per-view, means pay-per-view 
Well, that's what I was going to say. They've got no stars. I mean, how long's Ben Shalom been at the helm now? 18 months? Give him a chance. He's doing his best. Ah, but it's been trash for me. Let's be honest about it. He's spunked his budget possibly on a Coley and whatever else that he's bought. And it hasn't hasn't even got a pay-per-view star attraction. He's got uh, uh, the Dan Aziz fight against Boatsy coming up, I think. But none of those are big stars. That's that's just a a domestic-level fight, to be honest with you. Boatsy never proven it's world level. Aziz has proven that he's European British t- title level. Um, That's what I'm what, with Sky, you can accidentally land on boxing and and, and have a, and have an entertaining you know night. If you're flicking through and you know for someone who doesn't follow rugby union, you just turn it straight over. But if it's boxing, it's so easy to understand. There's two lads in there beating crap out of each other. Great, you give it a minute. If it's any good, you might give it ten minutes or half an hour. But it's just the opportunity for that's just not not there, is it? There's a good comment here, Stevie MB. Three evenly matched fights is enough like showbox, not bored on the level. True. Look yeah. at pro box here, the fights that we watch so many times and that. Yeah. You know, how often have I said that as well? As I only watch Sky or some of the zone shit. I'd rather watch something for Europe because it's it's, it's on par, similar level of quality and quality control. Well, H- HBO are like that. Showtime are like it now. Uh, this, I've said it before. I know we're going down tangents and stuff, but there's too much boxing on. Now, everybody can get on the TV, which is absolutely great, but the likes of Showtime, HBO, you have to get to a certain level. You'll see guys on Showbox now on a Friday night, and if they perform and have get a few good wins, they'll maybe be elevated to that third slot on Showtime, like you're saying, yeah. Andy. But yeah. get, get, it was a mark of quality. You knew yeah. if you got on, getting on HBO... Mm was a mark of quality. Like, I remember Maurice yeah. Hooker got on the once and he stunk the place out and they said they were never having this guy on here again because he didn't meet that quality control and fight the way they wanted him to. Now every every man and his dog or every woman and their dog can get on to get on to, on, um, get on to te- the television. It's not, it's not because of these apps and stuff, but you're absolutely right, mate. I mean, ESPN back in the day was the same thing. Thursday night fights. If you got to there, you were pretty much, not so much on the cusp of world level, but you were, you were chatting on the door, basically. This is you getting ready to go up into potentially, as you say, TVKO, which was, was the forerunner for HBO. Showbox had its own, its own run as well for like, Showtime, that type of thing. And if you progress, that's, that's how you made it. As you say, you, you know, you've got Fight TV, all these different apps and YouTube. And all, everybody can get out there and that type of thing. But the quality but what is they there. What they don't realise that they're doing is by this increase in pay-per-view, which has happened over way before the zone, probably the last 10 years. You know, it started with being the cream of the crop, then a bit lower, then, you know, any all-Brit fight, then anything above British level. They're just, they're just decreasing the size of the market. Oh. They're just, it's just bastardising itself. Aye. It's another thing as well, as I just mentioned this, Steve, I mean, as I said, 30 years ago this weekend for Ben Eubank 2, how many TV stations did you think we had back in them days? There was oh. no pay-per-view that I can recall anyway. It was like, yeah, it was on ITV, I think, as well. It was like 20 million viewers or something, mm. maybe even more. Um, is, is, well, like is, how is, many is, people do we think watched last night on, on the live? On from the, the UK, from the UK. 3,122. You'd be lucky if there's men 10,000, I would say. Albert I mean, Ross says, bring back HBO. You clearly did not see the end of HBO oh, boxing before no, it man. died. <laughs> HBO is never coming back. We need to forget about that as well. And Scotty70 yeah. says, embarrassing to be discussing girls boxing as a saviour to sky boxing. Yeah, but you're not listening. We're not. That's what we're saying. It's not that the fact that they're trying to push that will be their demise. Yeah, I called that years ago because... Because they could say there's two world title fights on the card, yeah, but one of them is a women's world title where there's HBO's, only two women in the whole world in that weight. I'm sure HBO's last ever card was was headlined by, by a women's fight, wasn't it, Steve? Celia Brackers, wasn't it? Was that I think, against, against somebody? Can't remember. 
wasn't it against Shields? Was that no? I don't think it was. No, it wasn't Shields. And then the Bivol Pascal was one of the old, the last ones. Jacobs Dovinchenko was, and they changed all the branding, haven't they? By that point, HBO ain't coming back to boxing. Showtime's people say I've heard people say, and with the best of will in the world, oh man, now that Showtime's going, maybe HBO will come back. Hate there is less chance of HBO coming back because if they'll look at it and say, if Showtime are off, they've had enough then we sure as hell ain't pissing our money up the wall as well. Boxing does minimal numbers. Nobody's interested. Yeah, and everybody's everybody's wanting to get paid. You know, you've got promoters like Eddie Hearn and you know, Al Heyman for you know, another point of the degree in that all saying, like, oh, we'll make the big money. But what happens with them? The, the, the well's dry. That's what's happened. The mm. fuck, there's no money left. Everyone's yeah. wanting to get paid. And that's why they're having to take the Saudi money or whatever it is abroad now at this point. HBO used to dominate because they were the only network spending real money, and, yeah, and they I had was... quality control. And it, uh, to be fair, it was uh, it was when Heyman started getting the big purses that the quality Here's... control disappeared. Here's yeah, something for us: fighting once a year. I was mm-hmm. wa- uh, I've rewatched the uh, one Manuel Marquez against Michael Katsidis on Friday night, right? Mm-hmm. I was just checking the detail at all. Now, at that time, Marquez was classed as 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 a, as a lineal and true light lightweight champion in the world, right? How much do you think he got paid that night against Katsidis? Probably half a million. 1.2 million. Katsidis got about, I think it was about half a million dollars or something, maybe even slightly less than that. How much do you think those two would be demanding these days to put that fight on? How much does Devin Haney want? Fucking pay-per-view money, man, I'm telling you. Well, they're saying Jamel Charlo made 15 million to fight Canelo, and he's coming out afterwards saying, (laughs) at least I come out and I didn't get hurt. And there's people defending him. I've heard other boxing shows. People defending him, saying, you want him to go in there and get hurt? It's fucking boxing. What, exactly. What's he going in the ring for? You picked he's not going to throw punches. You think I'm going to accept that? $85 for a pay-per-view? And you're going to say, <laughs> oh, well, I come out with my family and I dared to be great and I didn't get hurt in there. Are you joking me? You know the, the, the risks when, when you're, you're going in and getting boxer, paid man. Jesus Christ. You're a boxer. You know what's going to happen in there. But again... That was pathetic last week as well. This this be mentioned that fifteen million dollars worth of patheticness. Dude. Minimum, some people were saying. I'm shouting now. My son's banging the the wall, the roof <laughs> up above me. So I'm making too much noise. This, you've you've caused this, Mido. Yeah. Well, on that note, I'm off. Well, yeah. on a rage. Thanks for coming yeah. on. Well, we'll catch you, you again. Yeah. Cheers, fellas. See you. Take care, brother. Cheers. See you, mate. Bye. Bye. There you are. Got rid of him as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the old saying goes, mate. If you've got a problem, fuck it off. <laughs> oh, dear. Should we close the show down now and go home? No, no. We can, we'll ah, carry on. finish up, mate. Let's, let's, let's go home now. Game's, it was an the interesting... game's finished. <laughs> <laughs> it's my fucking done. Let's go home. Shut the lights off. Seriously, though, people do come here uh, on a Sunday evening. We know a lot of the ones in the chat say they don't even watch boxing, but they need something to do with themselves, and we have a we have a laugh. That's the main thing, isn't it? So we, we can't take ourselves too seriously. Anyway, on to the undercard, which Dominic didn't watch. Me and you, Andy, we'll go through this one as best as we can. Uh, Kieran Conway, sixth round win over Linus Adofia. I had a little graphic to do with that, actually. There's Adofia. He says, I'm okay, no fractures or breaks. There's the picture on the screen. I think Des put this up earlier. The ref made the right decision. My eye was shut. I felt I boxed to a T. It's boxing. We'll be back. Thank you, Kieran and Matrim, for the opportunity. Congratulations. We'll be back. I love you all. Fair play to Adofia there. Taking the decision. It was the right decision. Absolutely. He'll come back again. Hopey Price. Good fight against Connor Coghill. Had his troubles earlier, even though Coghill's not a puncher. Uh, Price turned things around and Coghill's gas tank just disappeared. Uh, Terry Harper Breakers. I'm, I was a bit smido on this one. I flashed through, so I wasn't really watching. Janaid Boss Stan. I like the look of him. I've seen him a couple of times now. Good fighter. Looks like there's something to work with there. Uh, what did you make of the undercard, Andy? 
Uh, I was flicking back and forward, mate, between the German cards, so I was kind of minimal on this one, to be fair. I did catch the Breckers fight purely because she's Norwegian and to see if she could pull it off, and I thought she did. Um, and the cards, well, fucking hell. The Bob Williams card, 97-93, absolute joke. I thought Breckers won the fight. I'm not going to get out my pram about it, to be fair, but I'd say that I, thought, I just thought she won the fight. Um, I kind of turned over and kind of caught the Udofi fight, just kind of like uh, maybe the last two rounds. Um, decent enough scrap for what I seen of it at that point, but I did notice in round five that the eye was getting pretty bad. I was surprised actually, kind of like early doors around six, he actually answered the bell. Actually, before I thought maybe the referee could, could, could have called the doctor in the corner actually and let me see it there. Mm. But I had, had a look at it himself and just calling it off. But he took it away with a wee bit of class and that. So I like to see him hopefully maybe get a chance to fight the winner of the, the British title fight between Con- who's the British champion at middleweight. Sorry, um, oh god, this is where we need Aussie. Another victim of the sport. Can't even remember, to be honest with you. No worries. So hopefully he gets he gets a shot at the winner of Conway and the champion, anyway, to be fair. And that's all I kind of caught me. I think I maybe caught the kind of uh, the stoppage of Hopi Price uh, Callkill. I think it was um, a body shot. So I think Price caught him with. Um, pretty brutal. Uh, left left hook to the body, for what I uh, can recall. But that's all I kind of caught with the card, mate. It was only just the main, about the main event for me, to be fair. And I just wanted to see if Brackers could turn back the time, which... To be fair, because since she's 42, she did show a wee bit of flashes. She looked fat, didn't she? I thought a wee bit. Aye. I mean, mate, she's at 54 now. Her, her best weight is, is, is 47. Um, as you say, she's 40 now, mate. That's what happens with when they got, got made, you know. Mm. Got a wee few bit of the pounds and that, mate. But, uh, yeah, I thought she won the fight, but wasn't it to be? Denzel Bentley's the British champion, Albert Ross says, right now for you. Right, right. Good fighter, Denzel. It's funny the way those kind of guys have gone, Andy. Denzel Bentley sort of been the best of the bunch. I remember the Adolfia, Isaac Chamberlain, Bentley. There was a few others whose names I'm probably forgetting all came through at that same time. And Adolfia, talented. Chamberlain, definitely a talented fighter. They just haven't got the backing. Fights have fallen through. Adolfia, grossly inactive. Denzel Bentley, I don't know whether he's taken the opportunities. He's come back from his losses and maybe he's shown oh, different attitude I mean, to the others, maybe. I don't know. But he seems to have just rose above them and that they've really struggled, the other two guys. Well, yeah, I was going to say, I think Bentley's attitude has been pretty spot on. I mean, remember the, the Alb Canuli fight? I mean, OK, he got beat and, you know, it was white. Gave a good account of himself. Ah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. It, wasn't, it wasn't disgraced anyway. He wasn't blown out. He wasn't getting punched over the ring and that. He was he was definitely in the fight. He just, he just wasn't competitive enough for some of the rounds to kind of get... Get him to swing his way, and he's come back and won the British, the defending the British title. So I don't know if he if he wins this fight, uh, his next fight, would that be him keep the title outright? Which if it is the case, then he's fighting Nathan guy. Heaney, isn't he? He's defending the, the title against Nathan Heaney in Manchester. I expect Bentley to beat Heaney. I think he'll stop him. So let me see. Um, Smith, he'll need another one, I think, before he can keep it. Unless he held on to it when he moved up, because he had it before. I'm not sure, but anyway, it's Heaney right. next, Andy. No worries, no worries. So, aye, so the winner of that against Conway, hopefully the um, you know if he gets his gets gets a shot as well. I thought he was getting a good good account of himself. Actually, I do agree with what he was saying there. It's just unfortunate. It just shows you. Yeah. But um, to be fair, we have seen fighters fight through far worse. Actually, to, to be absolutely honest, but you can see by the swell. You got the picture there, Steve. Still, aye. Oh, I think I might have deleted it. Oh, sorry, it's okay. Just if yeah. you look at the eye, and that you, you can maybe see why the referee stepped in there because um, you're thinking, well, oh, is it maybe just is it swelling yeah. or is it potentially a, a broken? Or, yeah, there it's a, it's a bad one, isn't it? Yeah, it looks like you it can't could, fight it on that. Yeah, it could have yeah. been a broken, broken orbital bone, possibly. Um, so you can't take that risk, and that especially risking the guy's eyesight. Um, so I hopefully he's back soon. Yeah. 
Um, Des said, uh, what, uh, Chris Butler, it's the 18th of November card. It's that Magnificent Seven thing that Frank's doing, I think. A Scotty 70, yeah, a 42-year-old woman being the main event. I agree with you. Des says, Harry's Harper, a TV fighter, awful style, terrible talker. A risk-averse approach is tedious. Fighters should try and win. Terry tries not to lose. That's that's the issue I have. I have no problem with women's boxing. I've said before, if it's a good fight and a fight I'm interested in, like when Katie Taylor fought Serrano or Chantel Cameron, the rematch, I'll watch it when she fought Pursoon as well, whenever the Grote fought Savannah Marshall. I treat it like a man's fight. I'll watch it. I'm interested in the two combatants. There's context, there's a storyline, there's a bit of intrigue. It's the fact when they put these women in for the fact, basically, that they're women. You know, it's a virtue signaling thing. Like if Terry Harper's chief support, if I was interested in watching her fight and she was against a good opponent, I would say, fair enough, I'm happy to watch that. But they're putting them forward against absolute opponents, not in Harper's case, but opponents who are no-hopers, they're high up the card. The opponents are shit. There's about 15 women in in weight divisions. And it shouldn't be pu- pushed to us as if it's good quality fair. Oh, they're triple world champions. They've got all these belts. Who have they beat? You know, that's that's the problem I have with the fights. Anyway, I'm shouting again. I'm going to have to try and calm down. I'm going to end up um, having, an, having an issue on a Sunday. You really worked up there. <laughs> I'm all right. I'm all right. Uh, Friday night, Andy, did you see the BT Sports card? I, I I didn't end up watching it. I know the lads in the chat were watching it. I just didn't get a chance. Uh, who was that again? Mark Leach against Masood Abdullah. Ellis Zorro against Luca D. Ortenzi. Um, let me just see. Might have pull the card up. Mm, no, I didn't see that, mate, to be fair. No, I didn't see that either. Uh, Dominic's going through the Ramirez-Smith fight, so I'm giving him a chance to, to, to get through that before we move on to that. Uh, as for next week, as action, I have uh, an interesting one to throw out to you. Actually, I think we had a comment coming from somebody. It's it's StreamYard again. They seem to delete things. You put things in. I said this to Matty before, and then they delete them on you for some reason. Thomas Smith, it was, actually. Talk about we next are. week, actually. Luis Concepcion's fighting next week in Mexico. Luis Concepcion? Yeah, I remember him. He fought Hernan Marquez. Uh, yes, yes. He came, he came over here and fought uh, Calvin uh, One of the Yafais, that's right. Yeah, he must be up in age now, him. He's, I don't know what age he is now. Maybe he's fighting next week. 40 and 10 he is now. May 10 losses. Yeah, Thomas Smith there. He said, I'm sure you'll agree with this one, Andy. Are we all the background characters in a Lee Wood movie? He's out rockying Rocky at this stage. Absolute scenes. He had no right to do what he did to Warrington there. He was weight drained, struggling with Warrington's tight defence and fighting the wrong fight. Fair play to the lad. Fair enough summation? Yeah, it's, it's, um, at the end of the day, it's, I, I personally felt it was uh, all down to him at the end of the day, regardless uh, what the tactics were. Um, if if, if the, the whole move to go southpaw was purely just to kind of try and negate Warrington come in with the head, to be fair, mate, it didn't work. If that was if that was the sole purpose, then he needs to remember he's got to defend punches, and maybe the weight issue was 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 a was a massive factor in that. But he's poked out the fire again. But we didn't want to keep him. We didn't want to keep seeing, sorry, seeing and saying this, seeing him taking a beating and saying that he's going to have to keep pulling out the fire because there's only so often you can keep going to the well like that. And at 33, 34 years of age, there's, there's going to come a point. And now he's going up and wait. As I mentioned, you fight a guy who, after 24 hour rehydration, is potentially 140, 145 in terms of weight. And that power just isn't affecting the same like it did in at one, uh, 126. So, as I say, it's fair play to him anyway. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Fair play to Captain Casual as well, oh, okay, aka yeah. Damo. 
throwing in 50 notes, 50 quid from Damo. He says, Jesus, all this naysayer talk. So throwing in some of my winnings as your new king of the Boxing Nutters Messenger Prediction League to chuck into the meter to try and keep the lights on of Boxing Asylum Terrors. Absolutely. Shout out to Damo. He is the so winner. So that means of the we need to stay on for the next hour, Steve, to that clears. <laughs> yeah, we have to. Damo's good for the money. You see these boys, I keep telling them to keep their money in their pocket, man. They've got more money than sense. Fair play to Damo. He's just won the prediction league, Andy. Right so right. he's he's living high on life at the moment. All the other boys have thrown in the money. Well, everyone who takes part throws in a few quid, and then I throw in a few quid on our behalf as well. So it is a nice little pay packet for the winner. If you want to get in, patreon.com forward slash boxing asylum and Joe Kennedy. Shout out to him. He runs it. He organises everything. He sends the emails out and collates all the things on the table, spreadsheets and whatnot. So shout out to Joe Kennedy as well. Shout out to Damo, Captain Casual, who won the Boxing Nutters Prediction League. And we're already into the next one. The prediction came out for the weekend. And shout out to Danny Young for sorting out the Boxing Asylum T-shirts. All the nutters are running around in these T-shirts, Andy. Uh, Danny Young, he got them produced. His friend on the graphic design, he got them delivered to everybody as well. So the I boys heard, are doing bits. I, I heard some some nutter running about fucking Dublin with one on the other, other week there. Apparently, <laughs> waiting in a, wait a, wait a doorway for some man coming to see him. I don't, I don't know who it was though. Didn't he get his name? <laughs> no comment. No comment on that one. But uh, yeah, good lad. Yeah, Doctor FMG says go on demo lad. Demo's a good guy. They're, they're all good guys, and and, and Holly as well. Over in the Boxing Nutters League, patreon.com forward slash Boxing Asylum. Throw in a pound at least a month and you get access to the league, the group, WhatsApp and all to keep the asylum lights on. Now, we did Thomas Smith, didn't we? We did absolutely Lewis Concepcion's fighting next weekend. And he's already made us aware of that one. I'll tell you who else is fighting next weekend, just as Dominic finishes up watching that action. Brandon Brewer is in action over in Canada. Who the hell is this guy, you might say? Well, he's a Canadian. He's fighting for the WBC Francophone Super Middleweight title, which you might be familiar with, Andy. And look at this for an opponent, 25-year-old Frenchman, Lancelot Proton de la Chapelle. All right, this one, is this a Dave Chappelle love child? <laughs> what a name, hell. Lancelot Proton de la Chapelle. What going on there, like, Lancelot? <laughs> It's a Lancelot, fucking brilliant, mate. What title was that for, did you say? It's, it's the WBC uh, Francophone Super Middleweight oh, title, one. which is surprisingly vacant. Oh, I'm not surprised there then, actually. I fucking hell. So there you are. Local lads, it's <laughs> Emily. Good luck to Brandon Brewer. Right, Dominic has watched the fight. Uh, let's bring him in now. Uh, Gilberto Ramirez against Joe Smith Jr. Let me bring it up on the screen to see where they were, actually. It wasn't much of a crowd. The Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. Oscar De La Hoya was backstage enjoying himself. Scores of 99-91 times three in favour of Ramirez. Poor old Joe Smith barely winning a round. In, in the first few seconds of the 10th round, Dominic, I suddenly looked down at the clock and I thought, oh, this is getting interesting now. Another couple of rounds of intrigue. <laughs> and I realised, I'm not even joking, this was a dreaded 10-rounder. Two seasons championship fighters. Moving up to cruiserweight, fighting in a 10-round. And now it wouldn't have made much difference if Joe Smith had won those last two rounds. As I said about the scores, I fancied Ramirez to win. You did as well. Did he do what you expected him to do last night in the Cosmopolitan? So, sort of sort of by the looks of it. I mean, it, it looked like a, the guys were, some of the guys who, who watched it live last night were saying that it was a pretty forgettable affair. And, you know, it, it's hard judging by a 10-minute highlight package to get a feel for it, but it looked that way to me. I mean, some of the comments underneath this are saying that 
um, 9-1, which all three judges scored at nine rounds to one, the, the Zerto, that those scores were uh, a bit out, that it, it was more closer to 6-4, 7-3, uh, which means, which should, going back to your point about it being a 10-rounder, if it, if, you know, if, if it was a bit closer than 9-1, um, then would have, would have made those last rounds even more interesting, but um, yeah, I just thought because because Smith has recently left top rank ESPN, this fight's on his own. Where uh, Ramirez is really the the golden boy, the house fighter. That if it if it was anywhere close, that um, Ramirez was going to be favoured. I didn't pick him out of any great um, confidence in his abilities. I've never really rated them, to be quite honest with you. In fact, that I was really surprised that before he fought Bivol, a lot of people were tipping him to give Bivol a, a very good fight. I never saw it that way, but um, I I don't really, I don't know what he's going to do up at Cruiserweight. I mean, in terms of Smith, just going back to the sort of discussion we were having when Smito was still on about um, the state of the sport, a fight I really wanted to see after it was mooted, after Smith got beat by Baturbiev and after Yard got beat by Baturbiev was, was Yard against Smith Jr., um and I thought that would have been a great fight. Now for every, whatever reason that didn't happen, but that's the sort of fight that should be happening. Two contenders um duking it out. But I didn't see the point of this fight. What was it like a cut this fight last night? Was was catch weight of hundred and ninety three pounds. Mm-hmm. And obviously because it's a ten rounder, that means it wasn't for any ranking than any of the, the sanction bodies. Um so he's an odd case, Ramirez, isn't he? He's got these catch weights all the time. He struggles with the weight. He's clearly a skilled fighter. He's a big unit. He can bang. His wife's one of these ones who's on the scene. Apparently, she was to do with the, the break from top rank. He's done well for himself. It, it's such an odd career that's been strangely loaded. In, 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 the deck's been stacked in his favour so often throughout his career as well. Yeah, it's, I just... Any time I've seen him, I've, I've never been convinced by him, ever. Um, he's a... He looks like he has all the physical attributes. He's hmm. big, he's southpaw. Um, but there was a few, just in the, in the highlights as all, there's a few clips uh, where Smith was able to sort of back him up to the ropes and tee off a wee bit, but nothing sustained enough to to uh, to really put Ramirez under the sort of pressure that would would see him, uh, you know, get in a, a position of authority in the fight. Um so yes, uh, I I I I'm not really interested in him to be honest with you. I, he's not a fighter that I'm going to look out for, and and I don't know what he would do at cruiserweight. I mean, I I, I couldn't see him um, I couldn't see him living with with the guy that we saw last week um, up at Taya. Um, hard to know. I think he I think he probably went up to cruiserweight because uh, you know he didn't fancy. Uh, Anything that was available there at, at late heavy. Um, I mean, Ramirez I, is this? Yeah, Ramirez. Yeah. Well, the um, fact he was ballooning up like twenty five pounds after the weigh in as well. Didn't he miss the weight by about eight pounds against? Was I, that, was I, it, was I, or somebody was it? Or was it the one after? I can't remember. No, it was the one after. I think. Um, mm. And and there's talk now as well. People are saying, uh, you know, that mooting like a future Canelo fight up at heavyweight or something. I mean, can you imagine? Or but I don't know. Oh, I I I think it's. I don't know. What, what are they? What was that? They're saying it was 193 pounds. Catch weight. I, I can't understand. I, I don't know. 
I'm not sure. Uh, Andy, Dominic mentioned about uh, Ramirez having the tools. I think he do- he hunts the body well. He can clearly punch. He definitely slowed Smith down. He wasn't. Al- I think one of the main things he did, his head movement was good, but he didn't allow himself to be trapped on the ropes for extended yeah. periods. And as for Smith, I was talking to one of the uh, Patreon guys earlier. He messaged me and he said, "What's the crack with Joe Smith? Has he always been sh- this shit?" And I and I was thinking about Smith actually and. He has done really well for himself as a sort of blue-collar guy, very physically fit, very strong, can clearly punch. And it was way back to the Fonfara fight, wasn't it? Up until that point, he was sort of trundling along, local New York fighter, a bit of a fan base, knocked out Fonfara when he wasn't expected to. Then he got the B-hop fight off the back of that. Then he reverted to type. I've got his record in front of me. I'll be a boxer at Wanker. Lost to Barrera, lost to Bivol. Again, we think he's back at his level. Top rank threw him in against Jesse Hart, probably expecting Hart to win. Smith gets the split decision. Then they put him in against Elidair Alvarez, probably expecting Alvarez to win. He knocks him out and they think, oh, we can do something with him here. Gets the vacant WBO light heavyweight title shot against Vlasov, which I thought was a very close fight, just about sneak through. Give him a gimme against Jeff Rod. All the time, he's a clever old fox, isn't he, Aram? Thinking, we'll get the title. Unification with Artur Baturbiev. There's used Smith as a bit of a tool, but I don't think that's to his detriment. He's ended up having a bit of a career renaissance and making the best of his tools and the best of what he could. Yeah, it's all same, mate. I mean, as long as you're willing to kind of dig in, you can make a, make a lot of yourself at the end of the day. Um, one thing about um, Joe Smith and that, you know, going back to the initial question when you started off about, you know, has he always been this shit? I just think it's part of the issue was he was a part-time fighter for you know, the best part of yeah. his career. I mean, when did he really turn full-time? Or did he ever really turn full-time? I'm, I'm not too sure. And he's probably just kind of like made the best of the tools he was given. Maybe been polished up a little bit, but you know, just isn't he naturally talented. I, I think to be fair, sorry, Andy, te- the person who was talking to me was talking like technically, you know, unable to Aye. close off the the ring, you know, those type of ways. Not we're not saying Joe Smith shit. He's done absolutely fantastic as we've just outlined. I think technically speaking, like. I will see like so last night. I mean, th- there was opportunities for him when, when like especially in the kind of latter half of the fight, when Turdo was actually up against the ropes, and you're kind of like waiting them, waiting for Smith to kind of tee off. But I think seriously, the movement from from Zardo was really causing him problems there last night. It was a bit of disciplined uh, performance by by him as well. But um, I agree with what Dominic was saying. I think he's he's on a hiding in the hand really. I mean, he looks fleshy. I know he I know he's a big big guy in that, but but he does look fleshy at at, at that weight and. I didn't think it was a catch weight as well. I just thought it was a fully fledged two hundred pound weight. So um, begs the question as well: What would they actually look like at the full two hundred uh, limit at the end of the day? And I, agree I think with, it was a twelve originally. You know, I think Oscar has form for this. Didn't he do it with Mungia as well? He tried well, to change that the, to the Derevchenko fight, didn't he? To ten at the last minute. He does this, Oscar, or whoever's behind the scenes. The zone had marked that up as a twelve mm, rounder at the start yeah. of the fight, and then after the first that, round, yeah. they changed it to change it yeah. to a ten. So I'm not too sure when that got changed. Um, was surprised by that myself, but yeah. Um, as far as uh, I agree with Dominic was saying, I, I think Zordo would definitely get ironed out off up a tire. Um, I, I just don't see the ceiling with him anymore. I just think he's he's there, happy to kind of plod along, you know, be his own man, pick up his a couple of paychecks here and there, but really. I, th- I think if he's going to be picking my title, it's, it's going to be opportunities. You know, maybe a Billam Smith, he could maybe beat him, possibly. Gula Marion, possibly as well. Again, right opportunity, right place, right judges. You would, you would get that turn. But I, I think, like, if he was to face up a tyre, it's, it's, it's a tough night. And if he gets caught on those ropes, up a tyre is that fighter that he just, he will walk through the best just to get to you. And uh, I don't think, 
if, if, again, if it's 68, it wasn't a big punch, and you think, okay, maybe it's because he's coming down the weight too much. Then he's up almost 200 pounds, and he still has to look like he's a big hitter, Zordo. So. He's not terrible, is he? Like he, he can touch terrible, the body. He can touch the body. He's got good fundamentals. I think he's, he's skilled yeah, enough. I, I get, I get that, but I've, I've never watched any of his fights, mate. I think, wow. You know, no, I agree. Watch, I, I agree. I remember the one fight sh- against Yunieski Gonzalez. I think, oh, oh, he was washed, but I thought he picked his shots really nicely that night. He's just, he's just doesn't he? Doesn't move the needle? Just does not do it. He's okay. He's, he's done well for himself. Joe Smith done well for himself. You won't get mm. these fighters that will slip under the radar, make the best mm. of their abilities, yeah. but. He's one of those guys, but it's just one of those guys you just you just cannot yeah. with any great interest. You know what I'm saying? But at cruiserweight, I just I just don't see him being a guy unless, again, as I say, unless you get the right judges in the right moment. You know. But I think one of the guys said there that that Body Jack would be a good a good fight for Zerto, and I think that's a fight that Jack would probably it'll be a good fight for both of them. It, it's it's a fight maybe both of them would fancy their chances of winning. Um, and maybe that's a, a reason why the fight could happen. But just if you think of that fight last night, Zerto, I know it wasn't at fully fledged 200 pounds, it was 193 pounds, but he didn't put a dent in Joe Smith. And you think back to you know, Smith's last fight against Paterbiev, who punched holes in him at light heavyweight. And you know, Zerto was physically, he's, he's a bigger guy than quite a... a Looks like to be a bigger guy than Better Bev, um. So he doesn't have the, the the punching power. Um. He not. I didn't. I didn't think he had. Wasn't he at super middle before he went to light? Hat? Was he at super yeah, middle? That was. Yeah. That, that was yeah, where he, he had his a, he WBO reign. He had his WBO yeah. reign. And I think on the on the flip side as well, you said about him being a puncher, Dominic. I think he took some good flush shots from Smith last night, like which would be a tick in the box. Well, it is, but the other thing about Smith is that the problem that's this, that's going to always been a struggle for Smith. He doesn't have the hand speed, um, and I think that makes his power a bit more um, easier to manage. I think Once he is it ha- reaches, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he is a heavy-handed guy. There's no doubt about that. But it's but guys at that level, the punches that really hurt are the ones that you don't see, or that you really only see at the very last second. And if you have time to see it, even a heavy-handed guy, you can sort of brace yourself for it. And I think that's always going to be a I think Smith has done very well in his career with his limitations. That has yep. to be said. Yep. Um, what you don't see coming, really. I should coin that. That's a good good phrase, isn't it? Oh, that's just that's just a uh, year. That's, I can't I can't claim any originality for that, Steve. But <laughs> uh, no, the the on 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 zero. Even you are you saying like like Billum Smith? I would fancy Billum Smith's chances in that fight. I would even. I was just thinking about it. If you put. React poor in against Zerto, I would probably pick React poor to beat him. I don't. That's why I, I I don't rate I don't rate Zerto Ramirez at all. I I think React poor would uh, get that body. Um, I like React poor. I think you love the listening then. Eh? <laughs> oh, beautiful bands, listen to our advice. We'll save him. We can save him. Uh, anyway, um... like, we want a cut though. We want a cut. <laughs> Uh, onto the undercard, just quickly, Andy. I thought Melakuziev looked really good against Alantis yeah. Fox. He's definitely pushed that um, Rosado loss out the way. Now he hits the body really hard. He was absolutely no. No one really does that to Fox. Fox is we know what he is. He's a tall, gangly, awkward fighter. Had an argument for at least a draw against Bazinian, who fights next week uh, in Fox's last fight. Melakuziev just absolutely ran through him. Eric Tudor, I picked last week as a good-looking prospect. Lost, of course. So that's the curse on him. And Darius Fulgham, I saw him. He knocked out this absolute waste during a round with a, 
a little touch of a body shot. But yeah, Melakuzi of Andy, I thought he looked really, really destructive. Yeah, it's, uh, he's he's certainly kind of like raising my eyebrows again, uh, so to speak. But um, still, still open though. Mm. To be fair, he is. He's got the quick feet. I do like the way he kind of cuts the distance and gets into punching range. But I just like to see him finesse it up a little bit. Just don't, you know, just jump straight in there, open yourself up. You know, start winging in those shots because he is, he is leaky and he is open and he can be countered. Um, so that said, WBA title. Who's who's the champ there? Actually, sixty-eight. It's Canelo. Uh, eh? Canelo has more, doesn't he? Aye, so you got, I just pulled it up. Oh, Morel has one of the subsidiary belts uh, as well, doesn't he? Year, right. calling, he was calling out Morel and he called it somebody else. I can't remember who else he called it. And I see Bazinian's fighting next Wednesday. He's fighting uh, Ronald Ellis, yeah. Interesting. You've got Pacheco, Dazone as well, isn't he? You know, some fights potentially could, could get made there. Andrade still kicking about like a bad smell. Mimbelli oh, might have to that be a decent fight, Mimbelli. Against Melikuziev? Yeah. See, I think they'll fancy. Canelo dropping the belts at some point and then Billy picking up a, a, a vacant belt or something because they're it's the same eye of the tiger, isn't it? Invested in and Billy and Bazinian. I'd love to see them put them together, but Bazinian's the weaker link of the two. Well, see, if you look at it actually, when, when's Canelo going to get called for a mandatory actually? Because you go Mimbele, WBC, Andrade, WBA, William Skull, the IBF, and uh, Jaime Mangia, WBO. Surely one of them's going to be getting called soon. I don't know. Uh, Dominic, you were muted there. Yeah, they're, they're just talking about um, they're talking Melakuziev looking for the, the shot against Canelo. Um, but I, that's hard to see given that he's at the zone um, and Canelo's contract. I think Oscar just... would let him go across. You know, yeah. Oscar's been really kind of you know vocal about you know the best fight and the best. He was mentioning Bob Arm, I think, there last night about, about a fight between. Oh, who was it? Was it was it Garcia against Stevenson potentially, possibly? Mm. Um PBC wouldn't won't entertain that. They'll not be interested in Melakuziev. They'll want to keep it all in house now. They've got Canelo for that three fight deal. They'll they'll not be letting anybody come over. Uh, It'd be Jamal Charlo before it's him. I don't know. Yeah, what I think Oscar would probably let Melakuzia move across for like a fight because he's as I say, well, he would, you know, but the PBC wouldn't accept him because it'd be too, why, I, I don't think they'd take him. As in, they'd say, well, why why would they give Oscar's fighter the opportunity? They'll keep it in house. They'd have Charlo, Morel. They've got loads of fighters lined up for Canelo. I think under our umbrella. Adames, yeah, being mentioned. Uh, Morel, you mentioned there, Dominic. Well, I, I would rather see. I would definitely rather see Morel than Malacuzia. Hard fight, hard fight for Canelo. I don't think they'll get put him in against Morel. I think it'd be Jamal Charlo next, and then it'd be Benavides for the third fight. I don't think they'll put him in against Morel. He'd be, yeah, he'd, he'd that, give Canelo trouble, I think. Yeah, I think that's probably what will happen. I, I think it's um, it's unlikely that they'll that they'll fight Morel. I I would love to see it. I think it'll be a great great fight. Um. I think that kid's very good, but um, yeah, it's um, the other one that you mentioned there was Mongea. Um, I mean, that, that's another one. He's really with um, he's tied up with the zone. Um, I can't see that happening. Yeah, it's. It'll be within the. It'll be someone from within the PBC ecosystem for the next two fights. I couldn't because they'll Mungia. be keeping hold hold of the winner then. And anyway, Mungia, I, I couldn't see Mungia being competitive at all against Canelo, to be quite honest with you. I don't think he would be. Too competitive. open, isn't he? Yeah, he's too. He, he doesn't pose enough issues for Canelo. He's 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 too. He wouldn't be a problem for him. Um, be exciting as long as it lasts, though. <laughs> yeah, it would be exciting. And Furnace to Mungia, he showed big 
big heart and toughness in that last fight against Darvianchenko. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really impressed by the ticker on him and the, the toughness that he showed. It's um, fun to watch. I look forward to his fights, especially when they're evenly matched. Definitely. I think they're angling towards the, the, the they're angling towards the zone or looking this um, Berlanga, Munguia, like Mexican, Puerto Rico. That's what they're angling towards, I think. Trying to get the uh, golden boy and, and match him to put that together. But um, yeah, it's, it's interesting to see what happens. I, I want to see Morel, but I think it'll probably be, you're right, it'll probably be Adames or or the, the big Charlo. Mm-hmm, I think so. Uh, Andy, uh, I brought that up on the screen and you've noted it as well. F2 says that Cuban Osles Iglesias folded his opponent in the fourth last night in Germany. Good amateur record with a win over David Morel. A Southpaw too, liking the sound of this guy. You've already had him on your radar for a while. Yeah, I clocked him possibly, but he started his fourth pro fight just in one of those YouTube ventures I was on. Uh, definitely a good fighter, as the guy says, that uh, after Reyes uh, that he knocked out IBO titles on the line, some uh, Russian place to, uh, in Germany now, folded him third or fourth round, the right hook I think it was, absolutely just done him in, iced him. Um, definitely a welcome addition anyway to, to 168, so just keep an eye on him actually. As I said, IBO titles, I don't know where that's going to kind of rank him in terms of the kind of big four and that, so to speak, so... Maybe the IBF, but uh, uh, should rank him highly, being an esteemed title. Yeah, but I didn't see him. I don't see him just now, actually. So yeah, uh, what was, was the name you mentioned there? Um, I don't know. I can't remember. Never <laughs> yeah, Sorry, I mentioned me in a southpaw. Yeah, so again, eight and zero. He is, he is an interesting one actually, but. I don't know. I see there's a few Cubans actually getting based out of Germany. Actually, there was a few on that card there last night as well. Um, so I want to keep an eye on, but I would like to see the Germans kind of like get a move on with this guy because he isn't fighting anybody. But you know, he's, he's Chilemba and that. He is doing the business, though. So that's that's the main thing against his opposition. So uh, just if this is what he's going to be doing against like, against this trash, that it's time to move him up a wee bit. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the boys are shitting on Jamal as an opponent. I agree with you. You know, he's been struggling with the alcohol, struggling with the wife and grossly inactive, but I wouldn't put it past Heyman trying to sell that fight on. I honestly wouldn't. I'm not saying I want to see it, but I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past them. Right, a couple of uh, cards for next weekend. We already mentioned Wednesday the 11th of October. They've moved from Thursdays to Wednesdays now over in Canada. I enjoy watching these. Eric Bazinian, an Armenian based in Canada, 30-0, going against Ronald Ellis. You might have seen him. Tough enough, Ellis, actually. I think he'll give Bazinian a few tr- uh, problems. He got beaten up by David Benavides. I think he went into the 10th or 11th round against Benavides, so he's quite tough. Uh, Femke Hermans, Mary Spencer, that's Matty's territory there, women's title fight. I think uh, Hermans beat Spencer, and that's a rematch, actually. I like What I like about these Canadian cards is that they bring the same guys back again, and you can sort of watch them develop and build. Uh, John Arobio is on the undercard in the four-rounder. Exciting uh, Colombian, former Olympian, bit of a puncher, him. Uh, Wilkins Matau, he's, uh, Dominic will go me about the pronunciation, he's 3-0, and uh, 18-year-old going in against Cesar Romo. And Mehmet Unal, another former Olympian, I think he represent, might have represented Turkey, actually, in the Olympics. He's not good uh, much cop, but he is uh, easy to hit, so he's quite exciting to watch. Right, I'm starting to even bore myself talking about this card and moving on to the next one. <laughs> <laughs> Saturday. I, mean, the... I think we shot that Brazilian after his last fight, and that Ellis is coming off like a two-year layoff. So, 
Oh, has he been out for that long, really? I, I just I just had a look at Elvis's record. He hasn't fought since 2011, December 2020, sorry, December 2021, sorry, right. against uh, Christian Mimbelli. Oh, okay, fair enough. So they might be trying to catch him on that. Miguel Bichelt's out in action as well next Saturday, Andy. Uh, he's in against Diego Alberto Ruiz, who I think, didn't he fight Michael Conlon? Yeah, he did, 2019. I was at that one in the Falls Park. That was part of the, the failure. He also fought to a draw against Lee McGregor. Lost to Jack Bateson, uh, got a win over Gamal Yafoy. Is is he a live enough opponent for Bichelt? What what are we expecting from Bichelt now, Andy? I mean, he's lost his last two fights, got banged up by Valdez. Surprise retirement loss to Nakathia. I think they're going for one last run, maybe, and see where he ends up. Mate, that guy's been in fucking like gatty type wars over the years and that as well. I mean, it's going to catch up to him at some point. Um, that guy you just mentioned, that Ruiz, I mean, it's probably the ideal opponent for him, actually, to be fair. Um, you know, tough fish enough. He's been in with some of the decent names, British level and that. Has got a win over Gamal Gafai. Mm. Um, but yeah, um, I would probably say it's, it's a warm-up fight for Burchell, whatever kind of movies want to make. But, but is he? He must be in my 30s now, Burchell, isn't he? He's 33, something like that. I don't know, I've yeah. turned his record off now, I'm not sure. It's okay, it's okay. As I say, um, I think those wars for 2017 against like, Vargas and Maura are going to catch up with him at some point. Like, mm-hmm. What are you thinking, Dominic? Anything exciting you for next weekend? Just on Burchelt, um, I was I, I, I saw that the other day that he was slated to fight next weekend. Um, and I <laughs> I was sort of a bit disheartened to find that he was coming back. I, I wouldn't have been complaining if he had a stayed, you know... Uh, I mean, I'm not saying he had retired, but if he did retire, I wouldn't be complaining because it was really that Valdez fight. That was, it wasn't just that he got knocked out absolutely savagely, but it was the knockout was preceded by a beating he took, um, and he he got really he got lit up that fight badly, mm-hmm. and um, uh, I I didn't I I just thought that wasn't a good idea for him to to be comeback fighting, but um, exhaustion was a factor as well, which is always a danger one, I think. Yeah, he's, he was probably struggled. Do you remember he was he thought that was a, a super feather and he, he was huge at super feather. He probably had to kill himself to make the weight and he was just walking right into shots. Like, you know, he was just coming forward and too tough for his own good. And then he got dropped a few times early in the fight around the third or fourth round, I think. And then I think it was the tenth round, he vault is just just walked him into an absolute pile driver and uh it was quite scary actually. I remember it quite well. because I, I, I had tipped Burchell to win that fight. Mm-hmm. Um and I was sort of quite concerned about him. I remember they showed the camera pond into the the bells of that arena wherever it was. I think it might have been the StubHub Center, and they saw they saw the ambulance carting him off and the girlfriend or the wife, you know, uh, you know, putting him into the ambulance. So it was quite hurry. Um, and I I don't really think it's a good idea. I'm coming back, but uh, he's not the first. Absolutely. Uh, just to remind everybody at home, in case they were wondering, you're listening to episode 543 of the Boxing Asylum Nutters podcast. Smido was with us, but he has disappeared. No rapping Rob Kelly this week. Matty, we hope he's alive and well somewhere. Dominic's here alongside me, Steve, and Andy as well. We'll talk about Tim Zhu shortly. I think there's a unification as well. Janibek, uh, Alim Canuli against Vincenzo Gualtieri. We've got Bellew of the Weeks as well. Might be a comment or two. If not, we'll get out around 10 o'clock. Let's have a look through the chat, see who's hanging around. Dominic Henry's in the chat, actually. I was wondering what had happened to him. F2's here. Johnny Horsecock Nelson. We've got Jim McDonald boxing. We've got Mark Stanton. ABC's joining in. He's having a great time. So is MB. M. Lithgow, 1983. 
Yimmy Yappy was there. He said he doesn't watch boxing anymore. He just comes here on a Sunday night. Got nothing better to do with himself like Chris Butler. He's as bad. Uh, number one, shout out. Uh, Take Ames was here earlier. So was Des. Albert Ross, always good to see you. We had the juice somewhere. Oh, where he's gone. Disappeared off somewhere. Probably got banned. Who else we got? Mark Stanton. Might have mentioned him before. We'll mention him again on to Australia, Andy. Next uh, Sunday for them. I think it's Saturday for us. In line with American TV. Uh, shout out to the undercard very quickly. And Nathaniel May is going in against Jackson John England. I saw Nathaniel May boxing an MTK card back in about 2018 in the Titanic Exhibition Centre against a Russian. He wasn't that inspiring, so I'm going to give this one a miss, I think. Uh, talking of Russians, Sergei Vorobev has been let out of Russia to fight uh, perennial hardman Wade Ryan on the undercard as well. And Miguel Flores, who drew with Abner Mares in his comeback, is going against Sam Goodman. Good to see they're keeping Goodman active. He beat Ray Salim in his last fight, so that was a really good win for him. On to the main event, Andy, WBO. No longer the interim title. He's been upgrading now, Tim Zhu. 23-0. He started off the year by beating Tony Harrison. He then absolutely blasted out Carlos Acampo. He's now going in against the upsetter, Brian Mendoza, who defeated Sebastian Fundora. Got to take, tip my hat to him, actually. We were both big fans of his dad, Costa Zhu, who is never there in person. But Tim's going about things the right way. He's keeping active. He's exciting. He knocks people out. And he's going in against a good opponent here for the WBO Super Welterweight title. Yeah, it's a decent fight, mate, to kind of keep on going. I'm just trying to kind of pull up the rankings to find out where that guy's actually ranked. Mendoza, actually, give me a second. Well, he won the WBC interim title when he knocked out Fundora. He was getting a bit of a shellacking from Fundora up until the 70s. He was, actually. I and he came it. back, didn't he, with the big the big KO? But I think you say that was the one where he was like he was he was actually on the inside just trying to kind of find yeah. shots and yeah, it was just absolutely. kind of getting picked off and he just he finds that arsehole winder. Yeah. Um, I probably expect something similar. I would expect them to, to be game, but uh, I think once Zeus starts kind of like tilting or getting his, uh, getting the hands off, good jab, body shots and that as well. Um, I expect it to be a, probably a decent enough fight, but I expect Zeus to probably wear him down actually, maybe stop him late. Um, providing he's had, he's had he has had problems with the hands, obviously, and that as well. I think he go also had a was it a bite or something of a dog or something recently. Yep. That seems to all be be behind them and that. So I so I, again keep keep busy. Hopefully he does get the chance to kind of like uh, come back and revisit the Charlo fight. Hopefully, um, although after after what happened last week and you know the money that he's earned, I don't I don't suspect Charlo will be kind of over eager to kind of take that fight on because at the end of the day, Charlo's on the way out. Zoo is one of those fighters on the way up. It's it's just basically doing your hunger in that at the end of the day. I just think Charlo's head's now been turned to kind of, you know, maybe face retirement possibly. I mean, good payday, good life. Go ahead, you know, go enjoy yourself. Zoo seems to be hungry, ready for anything. So I uh, could see him out active again. And hopefully next year's maybe, you know, three or four times as well. And uh, maybe it's, uh, this time it's, it's unifying some of the belts and that. And just looking at some of the names here and that, I think um, would it be, you know, Ericsson Lubin, like you see that fight, but could ban off. Like you see that one as well. Josh Kelly seems to be kind of on a baby, but a rise again, and that as well. Put him in with him. Madrim off. Yeah, so there are, there are some names from there. there. Unfortunately, if, if the cello fight's not going to happen, which to me, I would like to see it happen just purely because Zoo is going to have to go through every title now to make himself the man in the division. Uh, like, as improving it, you know. Everything else is on paper at the end of the day, so um, that's what we want to see him do, unify the division or face Charlo. 
I agree. I think, though, he'd be better off, Andy, forgetting about Charlo, as in stop calling him out and wasting your energy on him because history dictates that Charlo is going to disappear now with all that money. He's never the most active as it was. You're not going to see Charlo now, are you, for another 18 months or so? Hopefully, he'll just drop them belts and people can start picking them up. And Sue has showed that he will go out and try and unify them. I think he needs to just forget, everyone needs to just forget about Charlo. And when he turn, he comes back, he comes back. I also like to recall again what the, what the deal was with PBC that uh, signed to that. Is he still there? Because uh, I see Spence has now you know, jumped into 154 rankings at, at number three with WBC. You know, is that a fight they could maybe kind of get to? I don't know. He's still with them. Showtime is showing this fight. Yeah. Yeah. So there we go. I um, I'm just looking at some of these names. I seem to be ringing bells with me as being PBC Showtime-ish type fighters. That so yeah, I think there's there's certainly enough there to keep him busy at least. And I agree with you. He needs to forget about Charlo at this point. You're not going to see him for a while. He's paid. He can do what he wants just now and that. So Zoo's just going to have to go about make his own name just now and that. But again, everything else is on paper. He got to prove it at the end of the day. So let's see it. Yeah, absolutely. A decent scrap, this Dominic Mendoza's tough. I think he'll give it a go. Tim Zhu eventually will work him out and be too powerful for him and then move on. As Andy mentioned, the likes of Lubin, Majumov, Ramos is out of the picture at the moment. Yeah, Charlo got stripped apparently as soon as he entered the ring against Canelo because they wanted to keep it as undisputed, undisputed. But then once he got into the ring and all that was done, the belt then became the full championship to Zhu. I think if Sue can get rid of Mendoza, it'd be a bit of a statement because he's never been stopped. He's been in against Fundora. He went the distance against Ramos. His only other loss was to that Larry Gomez. He's proven himself to be a sort of tough, come-forward puncher. If he could, if Sue can walk him onto one. And don't forget, Sue's fight with Terrell Gaucher was tough enough. He got dropped in the first round won by minuscule scores. I think what at least one of the cards maybe had a draw, the other one was a point, another one was a few points. So, Sue's not completely infallible, but he showed against the Campo, if he gets you on the hook, again, showed against Tony Harrison, gets you on the hook, he's not afraid to knock you out. And if he could stop Mendoza, I think it would be a really good statement. Yeah, I think that's 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 fair enough. Um, I'm look, I actually, I'm looking forward to this. I am, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing Zoo in action. Um, brief tangent, Steve, I was... I was um, last night after the fight. Um, our uncle, our uncle Big P, put a video up of reflecting on last night's action and looking forward to next week's action. And he, of course, he got round to this fight, Mendoza versus Costia's son. And um, I was absolutely in stitches listening to him pronounce Tim Tim Zoo's surname. It was <laughs> Tim Tim Tazoo. That wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Oh, there was some. There were some other ones. He was for it's. They were absolutely horrific. Or, well, not horrific. They were brilliant. But um, uh, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, it'd be, it would be a statement if he, if he stops the guy. Um, what I really like about Zoo is I like how active he is. Um, uh, you know, he's, he's not, um, having these big log layoffs. He's, he's, he's. Constant. It's not just good for him as a fighter, but as a as an attract as a possible attraction going forward. It's um it's good for him to be a regular. Um, but uh, yeah, I think there's more chance of um Charlo fighting Crawford than there is of Charlo fighting Zoo. Um, I think there's there's more Charlo would probably see. I'm not saying he will fight Crawford, but I think of the two, he's more likely to. Think that a Crawford fight is big enough to justify the risk than than Tim Zhu, but um, I think it'll be an exciting fight. There'll be plenty of action in it. Um, that guy, uh, 
that guy got uh Pandora an absolutely highlight real knockout. Um it was a really fantastic knockout. So um yeah, it'll be I think it'll be exciting. Um I was just thinking there before you asked me, um what will be the case for UK TV? Um and what what sort of time will it be on for UK? Would it be like a Saturday Saturday morning for us or Saturday afternoon? Yeah, you see, I'm not, I'm not even sure to be honest, because I think they're trying to move it around that it fits in with American TV, which kind of makes it even more awkward. So, it could I, be like, a, no could be like a Sunday afternoon Aussie time then, or something. It might be, or it could be two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I, I remember the, even know. the 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 Pacquiao Pacquiao Jeff Horn fight was it like three in the afternoon and that's right. And so Queensland, I'm just going to check the time now. Right, so right now it's twenty one thirty eight UK time. It's zero six thirty eight Monday morning there. there. So the fights listed Sunday on Boxrec. So say it's what right about this time. So yeah, it'll probably be in the morning for us, possibly. Eh? Yeah, I honestly don't even know. I've lost all track. If someone in the chat uh, knows, they can let us know, but I I really don't even know. Anyway, I think it will be a good fight. I think that um, Mendoza will come, will bring it, and, and Chu will just um, catch him with shots. And if, as I said, if he stops him, it will be a statement. Uh, you were t- telling us in the chat there, Andy, there is a, a returning fixture next weekend. I think this is in the Texas card. On the ESPN, Bob Arum, top rank, etc. Alan Canuli, Gualtieri, undercard. The return of the Tash. He's been injured. He's been doing documentaries. Ricardo Torres Jr. Yeah. He's going in against Terrell Anthony Herndon, who's 21 and 4. He's 36. He's got a nice haircut, actually. He's been stopped three times out of four, though. So we would expect that to be four times out of five. He's had a lot of fights out in Colombia. Where the hell do they pluck these guys from? Oh, God knows, mate. God knows. He's even fought in Mexico. He's been over there, the gaff, hasn't he? But, uh, yeah, it's just it's just good to see Torres back out again, actually. It was, so, I, I would, uh, I've never seen this opponent that he's fighting, so I, I dare say that record's padded, to be fair, isn't it? I mean, fighting out in Colombia, Mexico, you just don't know what trash you're fighting. And there's one that he's fought in Mexico, a debutant, smashed him up in one round. One and seven, one and eight, zero and one, four, oh. And they got, he got a DQ loss against Brandon Glanton, oh. who was undefeated at the time. Yeah. Glanton's fighting sometime soon as well, I think, isn't he? Yeah, he's an exciting fighter. I think one of the MB was saying last week he's coming up soon. He's always in good fights. Yeah. yeah. So Torres, as I say, he's, I, I mentioned him for the start. He's pro career and that. He has got that, that, that proper power on the left hand. So want to keep an eye out for... Um, that Guido Vianello, I'm surprised to see that Bob Armstrong got him on the books, actually. I thought he would have been bin by now, I actually. thought that as well, actually. He's going against Curtis Harper, who did the famous exits against FA Jagba. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, uh, there's another one, actually, surprised to be getting... I mean, that's a good chance he'll fight some probably on air time and that as well. They fucking don't deserve it. I mean, who am I to say they don't deserve it, eh? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you've obviously got Duke Reagan and Keyshawn Davis, I think. Duke Reagan's one of the ex-Olympians in that as well, I think. Yeah. So there's three ex-Olympians on the card. You include Keyshawn Davis in that as well. Uh, and I suspect Alan Canuli will probably smash through uh, Gaultieri in that. Which I was, I'd say to you guys a couple of weeks ago, actually, I was surprised to see the turnaround since Gaultieri won that title to actually fighting uh, again and you know getting ready in a unification fight. But clearly he's been picked up as 
is the easier easier option, cheaper option in that as well. So they know what they're yeah. doing, don't they? With this fight, they're just cashing out from Gualtieri's side as well. I, I, I went to I went to watch last week's sad bastard that I am the Esquivel Falcao fight where he won the title. He did uh-huh. drop him with a nice shot, but. He's very slow, hands up. He's really easy to hit. I mean, there is not a lot going for this guy. Falco oh. is a southpaw, so obviously he has that preparation. But like I said, he's very slow of hand. He clear, he, he bang a little bit, but he's, he, Falco was catching him with shots. He, he, I don't hold much hope for him against Alan. No, he's a tightless, as, as we keep mentioning. The opportunities arose. You're in the right place at the right time. Some of these guys won't get over the line and get a title, and this is this, this is one of these guys, unfortunately. So, well, fortunately for him anyway, but unfortunately for us. But I suspect Alan Canuli will will get through him. I, I, I think middle half, potentially later half of the fight, depends on how how he goes about it. But yeah, I suspect that we get him in the end. I think so. Uh, just quickly on the Keyshawn Davis fight, uh, obviously you're a fan. I, I was really impressed with what I've seen him in his last few fights. Batted Yigit. Thought he showed a lot of dimensions against Patera, who's a good, solid European champion. He's going in against this guy, Nahir Albright, who's been a bit of a staple of the top rank undercards. He's never been stopped. He is tough. He went the distance with Jermaine Ortiz, who's proven himself to be a good fighter. He took the unbeaten record of Estevan Falco who I think is some kind of relation to Esquivel, could be wrong. He uh, won a majority decision over the herald, once-heralded Carlos Balderas. He's a decent fighter, um, Albright. He'll be a good uh, test for Keyshawn. And again, the old stick, if Keyshawn can get rid of him, it will be a bit of a, term, a statement. But I expect Albright to have his moments in this fight. And yeah, I, I don't hate this fight, Andy. I've, I've tried to remember Albright, actually, you mentioned him, mate, so I'll keep a wee eye on that one when you gave him the big build-up, so you, you better hope for your sake that Keyshawn doesn't come out and smash him up in two or three rounds. Like at Eric Tudor, another <laughs> L for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he's never been stopped, as you said, mate, so it'll be interesting to see how it goes. You know, getting the win against Baldares and Falcao, I mean, OK, no top-end opponents, but it shows you he has got something about him and that as well. And if Davis is the hype, or, is, or if he's getting touted to be something, and then even if he doesn't, doesn't he stop him, you got to expect them to win and potentially kind of look, look half decent doing it as well. Mm-hmm. It will be exciting to watch. Uh, right, it's quarter to ten. Dominic, any interest in the Alim Hanalulu fight? We saw him against Denzel Bentley. We saw him against Danny Dignam. If people run away from him as Gualtieri as, uh, might do, because he was quite defensive against Falco before he knocked him down, then there's a chance he, he could give Alim Canuli the runaround. But I just think he's just too slow as a set of hand and foot to to give Alan Canuli any trouble. They're just picking up a title, I expect, here. Yeah, I can't foresee him having having too much problems. Um, the only thing I will say is one of um, one of Porky's pronunciations just came back to me when you started mentioning Alim Hanlon. Porky refers to him as Alim Canoodly. <laughs> Again, that's not too bad. That's not too bad from Porky doing his thing out there. What, what's he been saying lately? What are, what are the titles of some of Porky's videos I haven't watched in a while, Dominic? And you well, do keep me up to date with some snippets here and there. Well, actually, this is the thing. I was saying to someone else that I go through phases where I'll, for two or three days I'll watch them quite regular and then I'll go maybe longer. I've been about the last 10 days. I haven't watched anything. Um. So, yeah, at, um, at the, he, 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 he sort of... um. One of the titles was something like uh, "Prayer for a Big Meech, uh, well, you know, like a wee graphic of Ben Davison um, and and Joshua. Um, you know, obviously that there's rumours that Joshua's training with Ben Davison. Um, so it is big, is big Meech in need of 
divine intervention, something like that. I think um, he runs with stuff like that, but um, yeah, he's a, <laughs> a character, all right. Absolutely right. Talking to characters, we're three characters on this Sunday evening. We're going to get to the 10 o'clock. If it kills me, it's quarter two now. We're going to debel you the week and we'll just talk some shit for the last five minutes if we can't get that far. Michael Thompson's not talking shit. He's throwing in some good boxing analysis. He says, Janibek is the only good fighter in that division right now. He's right. For so long, one of the standard bearers of the sport, middleweight, uh, 160, is currently a weak division. Hopefully, if Alan Canuli can unify the titles, it will become a little bit more exciting. Right. I have this next clip to introduce us to the value of the week for episode 543 as Ben Davison Waffle. That's the best I could come up with for this one. And Dominic mentioned divine intervention for Ben Davison. Let's have a listen, Andy, to some of the divine intervention that is being channeled through this medium, through this dousing rod of uh, information and knowledge that is Ben Davison. Let's have a listen now for value of the week 543. Uh, just tell me what kind of emotions are you feeling right this moment? It's been a few hours since the win now. First and foremost, got to thank God for the victory. Alhamdulillah. Um, you know, I prayed last night. I prayed again today. And uh, our prayers were answered. What a guy, man. <laughs> what a guy. I've, I've, I've prayed to God a couple of times this year, by the way. Never answered my fucking <laughs> By the way. So he must have been busy with the Middle East that day or something. I don't know what the fuck. <laughs> apparently, apparently, God took his time away from what's happening in Palestine and Israel you know, last night to fucking turn around and help Lee Wood win a fucking fight, apparently. Brav fucking all. Well done, Ben Guardiola. Fuck me, man. Well, he, well here, Steve, I, I, I was taking the, the old man there and. Um, Are you God a, or your old man? My old, my old <laughs> man. <laughs> I'm a bit of a, I'm a bit of a lapsed, I'm a bit of a lapsed Catholic. He says, but he was telling me he went round to the church this morning. He says, uh, the the regular priests away somewhere, so they've got this Australian priest who's deputising. Oh. My ears, my ears pricked up when I heard this. Is Australian, <laughs> Australian priest. I said, come a Father Dave could be in our midst. So, so if Ben Ben Arcel wants some real divine intervention, he can, we can arrange a, we can arrange a special Father Dave pod. I think he's here. I think he's here. Well, it's funny you should mention it. Father Dave was uh, set to visit the UK and Ireland, he said, in, around September time. I'm not sure if he's back home or not yet. But uh, yeah, it could, could well have been Father Dave. But you've inspired me, Dominic, to fish this one out. I've uploaded it just in time uh, to keep things going, seeing as it's 9.48. Let's have a, a listen to what Father Dave was up to. Here comes Father Dave, let out by Tony O'Loughlin. My goodness, Tony, I've known him since the 80s. God love him. He's been a great trainer in the Sydney region for a long, long time. The punching breeze, Father Dave. Tell you what, what, isn't that some interest? He's actually a uh, priest. Yeah, yeah. At the veteran boxers. He always opens up the uh, veteran boxes. Uh, the All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's introduce you to the two. There we are. Yep. De Des says Ben doesn't understand how God works. It's like the old Arlo Phillips joke, isn't it? I used to pray every weekend for a bike, and then I realised that's not how God works, so I went and stole the bike and then prayed for forgiveness. <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, I, I like the, the, I like the, the, the quote of Lethal Weapon when Danny Glover, fucking, he, he just landed with Mel Gibson for the first time. He turns to him and says, God fucking hates me. And Mel Gibson says, hate him back. It works for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Right. Uh, we might get thrown off the air here for some um, 
Uh, <laughs> I don't know what. Let's move on swiftly. Uh, shout out to Joe Kennedy, head of the Prediction League. He has alerted me to this Bellew of the Week, Andy, from Jake Donovan. Uh, Jake Donovan says, arena music blaring over Tony Bellew's commentary. Best part of the show so far. <laughs> Hashtag old it, eh? it was pretty loud last night, to be fair. Which was great. Oh, poor old Tony. Didn't, didn't get to hear Frotch, which was a shame, but... Oh, Foch is enjoying himself these days. But there's there's Tone. Someone sent this to me. The bomber jacket. In no way connected to any bombings. There's Tony wearing the, the cap and the top. He's looking quite stylish, Andy, these days. Ah, he's, uh, he's looking he's looking quite neat there. Got a nice beard kind of trim in there. He's got the he must be he must be dying it though. He must be tri- must be dying that a wee bit. Oh, got me going grey like the rest of you there, Tony. <laughs> sorry, Anthony, sorry. Anthony. You're up in age now, mate. Come on. Oh, he's up in age. Well, yeah, you, you can actually see you can see it on Barker, by the way. Your man here on the right hand side looks a bit younger actually. I don't think he should have any greys yet, but you know certainly Barker isn't he, isn't he hiding it, but I think Tony's hiding it a wee bit to be fair. With the baseball cap, no less. Uh, well, I didn't see him much last night. Actually, he's you know kind of bald around the head like the rest of us these days, no? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. He's not at the barbecues anymore. Uh, Rick oh. Glazer. <laughs> Rick, Glazer's... Good, <laughs> Rick Glazer's kicking off at Benson. Benson said PBC's contract with Showtime reportedly isn't being renewed, as has been heavily rumoured. Al Heyman is now seeking to secure a new broadcast deal, according to Dan Raphael. Rick jumped in. And who was the first to put this out, Benson? I was the first to put this out. All the while, Fat Man Raphael was chowing down on ham hocks. Not only is it not being <laughs> renewed, hashtag Showtime is leaving, hashtag boxing. They are dominating. Rick telling us what he does here again, mate. Bring us, bring us the news. It's a vital role of the sport of what he's doing there. Vital role. Oh, he's enjoying himself. Are you a fan of Rick Glazer, Dominic? Um, I don't know. I'm, Are you I'm familiar sort of... with his work? <laughs> <laughs> it's just there's too much ambiguity about him. You know, like uh, how many accounts is? I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. He's, he's um, I don't even know if he's real, do I? Or no, he did, he is real, isn't he? As far as I know, he is. Him and Sonia having having food each week in the restaurants there. But Lithgow says you need to get him on the pod one week. Could you imagine? That would that would break us. Jesus. Yeah. Well, he's been he's been on fine form this weekend, Rick Glazer. We also tweeted this one out, but he, he deleted it later. He said, so many are absolutely <laughs> disgusted with hashtag Jamel Charlo. It's like he's a paedophile. Hashtag boxing. <laughs> I, I tagged him at that one as well, actually. I think it was, was, it one his, it was an Everton boy, I actually. forget his name at this point. I they got up by. Oh dear, he deleted it though. Deleting the bag of sweets and a cheeky <laughs> smile. Charlo is a fucking pedophile. <laughs> Should I cut that one for the YouTube shorts, aren't they? <laughs> oh dear. I didn't cut this one. I can't cut videos anymore. I'm trying. Uh, MTK Enforcer Rick Graville sent it to me. Anthony Joshua's lost the plot. What's he doing? W for washed. He was having a sing-song, Andy. Did you see this in the car? I did not see it. No, he was enjoying himself, praising the 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 up the up high. He was he was having a good time. Nice up high, but is he talking like is that is that like the boardroom or is that like God himself? No, I'm not sure what he was doing to be honest. But he was, was he, he driving was... at this time? Was he incapacitated or? In, or... <laughs> I don't think. I think he was. I'm not sure if he was actually. No, he wouldn't be. Uh, would he? From uh, that side of the car, wouldn't have thought. I know. Loving. I dare say Anthony's living the mild lifestyle, mate. To be honest with you, it's hardly going to be you know, bitches and Benjamins and that type of shit. You know, there's some prayer going on with him behind him training with boxer size Ben. There'll be 
Oh, can you imagine it, by the way? Before and after training. As a, oh, well, yeah. Is that is this? Go ahead, on. No, you go. No, I was going to say, is this confirmed? I heard that he was doing a bit of training with box size. Is this true, or is this was this oh. a screen, a Photoshop? About Photoshop, mate. Surely. Is it Dominic? Is he out there with Ben or no? I think he's but the the say he's the 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 catch the the watch where it's ticking over. He, he's ticking over with uh, with Ben Davison. I think his brain will be ticking over overtime if he spends too much. Ticking over, ready to explode. Shout out to AJ. Uh, Eddie Hearn has claimed that Anthony Joshua versus Deontay Wilder will happen <laughs> in two thousand. <laughs> Where would oh. you like to see this fight take place? Oh, <laughs> fuck me, man. About the, make sure it happened on the moon and it happened on planet Earth, then. I mean, put it that way. Fuck did, hell. We've got Nigerian the... Prince now wanting to fucking put the fight on or something like that. Eddie actually looks like five years younger than that picture there, baby. That's how fucking old it is. Well, here, t- talking about that, did someone put it. Someone put this epic... Co- Aye, that's it there. That's it there, Steve. There we are. Tyson and Paris Fury only had one kid the first time Eddie said what I'll do next. Fucking... <laughs> 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 Tyson Fury and his wife will have another fucking five kids before those fights get made, mate. Fucking hell. He's only plums. Who's going to fucking pay for it? He, can, he can't... He, the Saudis aren't interested in that fight. They aren't interested. So how the fuck... Who cares? It's imminent, Andy. It's coming, Eddie says Imminent. So. Eminent, my <laughs> fucking chuffs, man. Eminent, fucking hell. When was the last time Eddie actually put on put on something truly mega? That outfit he had on Saturday night. I suppose. I suppose. <laughs> okay. Fucking hell. You just, you, you, you just know Wilder will make it absolute fucking awkward for him to make this fight. He's, he's, he's got his, he's got his, his figure in his head. Josh was gonna, gonna want his money as well. Eddie's like, well, where's my cut? You know, doesn't, doesn't make pounds. Doesn't make sense to fucking Edward. You know, his balance sheet's not gonna be fucking tipping forward to a profit. If fucking Wilder's not gonna play the game with him. Fucking Michael man. Thompson says Saudi only want the fighters with belts. <laughs> Exactly, low, exactly. They, they weren't interested in the fucking fight to begin with. You know, I remember Eddie came out and he says, he says, uh, what was it he said? We've got an offer. Oh, where's the contract, Eddie? Did they get a contract, mate? Fucking hell. They send emails, don't they, and say they've made offers. It's going to be a bit, hey, mate, it's imminent. It's the only thing, it's 2024, so it's hardly fucking imminent, is it? Fucking well, Eddie. Fucking hell. I bet if his old man was in charge, I bet he would have got the fucking fight made. Mm-hmm. What's he doing? What's he doing now, Barry? Oh, he went in the cupboard with a can of Stella, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. Fucking Jesus, anyway, man. Yeah, I'll tell you what is imminent. Eminent. Uh, Billy Joe Saunders' return. Oh. He, he was talking about the Canelo fight. He said, When we got to round three, I thought, Is this it? I was expecting more. I was expecting him to be more of a beast. I came away from that fight with great confidence because I never felt, once felt out of my depth. Caught from the time he was stopped, and he came out with great confidence. Has he fought since? I think he had what he fought Martin Moore, didn't he? Do you remember we done the post fight part? <laughs> uh, that was the first one, to you bastard. Was that before, or after, after Canelo? I can't even remember. You know, I can't. No, he's no fought since Canelo, has he? I'm almost sure he hasn't. Oh no, there you go. Moore was before Canelo. Sorry. Yeah, there we go. Aye, because. I actually said to you guys last night, is that Saunders on the on the on the broadcast and that making make the this is a most trying or make the move for the for the comeback, but let's be serious here, man. What's what's this comeback gonna look like? Fucking hell. There's no money, 
right? Uncle Dan seems to be out of sport. Billy's been fucking living like a fucking fiend the last two years, eating and drinking and doing whatever else he's been doing. He's going to come back at, at what weight? Light heavy, possibly? Mm. How's that going to last? He said the, Jesus. He, he, they're saying the first fight's going to be at light heavy and then the next fight will be at 168. Um, next fight. Oh, yeah, right. I, I think I think they're looking. The idea seems to be that they might try and get the Eubank fight, um, the Eubank rematch. If he, if he, but I mean, I'm not, I'm not interested in it to be to be to be honest. But um, it, it's one of those fights like it, it would be the same to me as like the the Eubank Smith fight. It's it's a domestic fight, but there's no real significance to it. There's nothing on the line. It's it, it's irrelevant in terms of the world picture, the world scene. I mean, there's. That's how desperate Eddie is, man. He's bring, he's hoping to bring back Billy Joe Saunders. Remember, he mentioned it today as well as we're in talks or whatever it was. He's not a superstar. He's not a pay-per-view star. What the fuck? What is going on here? Why, you know, Billy Saunders, Billy Joe Saunders is, is going to come back after you know how long? After a canal humbling. Nearly three years. Nearly three years, and he's going to be put on TV possibly. Or, he's or a good guy, Andy. We need to get behind him. He's a good guy. Oh fucking pish! He's had his turn. Why the I, fuck should we keep supporting this shit, man? Make him earn his way back up the fucking chain. I can't. I can't stand him. I. I. I can't stand him. He's changed, Dominic. He's reformed. Entitlement, man. Fuck me. I, I tell you what. That 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 um that episode um at the weigh-in for the Willie Monroe fight when this when the kid hit oh, uh, yeah, the, the, that was that's one of the most shocking things I've I've seen. It's it's interesting actually on Eddie, you know, and, and the desperation of. I mean, when Eddie's having these wee joust back and forward with Frank over the Connor Ben, the whole drug situation, Eddie likes to raise the issue of Billy Joe failing for that nasal thing or nasal spray before the Andrea fight. Oh, um, yeah, I was out for that bastard. We ruined a good fight. And, uh, you know, it's it's funny because, uh, you know, he's Eddie's, you know, trying to bring him back now, but he's not he's not, a, he's not above, um, you know, using the, the, the example of Billy Joe popping that time. To hit back at Frank when Frank's uh, when Frank's trying to get get to him over the whole Conor Ben thing, so it just shows you Eddie. He's not really. Um, I don't think he has himself much. There's fighters that Eddie, uh, you know, that he has a bit of time for, but I don't think Saunders is one of them. Um, but yeah, I have no interest in this at all. You wouldn't uh, want to associate yourself with him, would you? He's no, toxic. He, he is. He's. Um, I don't know if Andy saw any of that interview he did with Simon Jordan. Uh, during the week, you know, Simon Jordan sits down with these guys, but you know, like Simon Jordan's been interviewing the likes of Stephen Hendry and Lawrence Delalio, mm. you know, like guys who are like, you know, like some of the best ever do it in their field, and then he's gone from that to Billy Joe Saunders. You know, it's it's a it's some sort of fall from. They would only get behind I, I, him I, I because he has a bit. Interviewing Saunders. Ah, it's it's up. Oh, you know, it's a series he does. William Hill thing, oh, you know. I'm not, I'm not going to watch that. Like. It's only because he's got a bit of. They think he's got a bit of mileage left in him. He, he was talented at his peak. That's the only reason. There's nothing. There's, there's no problem. other reason that just drain a bit more juice out of him before he retires. They don't. That is the problem. He was talented, and what happens? Mm. We keep saying it when talent doesn't work hard enough. When that talent ebbs away, he's fucked. And he's going to come back after three years of shift all that way. I mean, he must have been two hundred bills, man. Must have been, maybe even more. He must have been doing that in, in, in you know, in them three years. And he's going to, oh, just it's a disaster well, he, right now, isn't it? If he ever had, if he had discipline, um, he's in, in my opinion, middleweight was always not so weight, but he was never disciplined enough to, to stay there. Um, you know, the, you were talking about my if, if 
the first fight back at Light Heavy and then the next fight's going to be at Super Middle. I, I have always thought that like like Eubank Jr. in middle was his weight, but he's just not disciplined enough. He's not talking of discipline. A shout out to Bo Mac. Bo Mac update. Brian McIntyre is now listed to be sentenced, not before 2pm on Monday. He's been charged with two firearms offences, which carry possible custodial sentences. It was going around on the box rec forum, which uh, there is uh, elements of truth often floating around there, Andy, that he was going to be sent back home. All right. So Probably the best all around, actually, to be fair. Eh? Mm-hmm. I mean, the thing is, as well, he's going to have to answer questions when he gets back there as well. I would imagine. I mean, how the f- as I say, is, how the fuck he got that gun into the country is one thing. Obviously, he's maybe you know flew private, got through security without getting checked or whatever. Not, but that's that's probably questions he's going to have to answer actually as well to to the American authorities. You know what happened? How the how the fuck did you get that through or whatever it is? I don't know. But uh, the Brits, I certainly know they wouldn't take that too kindly. Like, but uh, if, it's easy to fuck him off, I suppose, and that and just ban him for ever and enter, enter the country again. I suppose. So it's funny, it, it would have probably more of a, a blowback on Eubank than Craw- Crawford seems to be have like a. A team around him. It's not just Bomac, but but Eubank potentially would rely from that one fight that he's had with him. Um, he he made the harm more than if, if Bomac was if he is banged up either here or back in America. But um, yeah, it's a crazy situation. Shout out to Bomac. We're big fans. Hopefully everything goes okay for him. Final one that I have here. One of the nutters put this up this week. Um, it does have a boxing tinge to it. <laughs> the old Ford Capri advert, for God's sake, don't let a woman drive it. Your Capri is precious. Don't confine it to an early grave by letting a woman get behind the wheel. And Ryan Deal, Andy, done his job as usual, done his business. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the cars were quite nippy, actually, but I can recall with a laddie. Oh, oh fucking that next <laughs> Fucking spins. Oh, good old Errol. We wish him well. We hope he's okay. One I thought I had cut again, StreamYard disappeared, or I forgot to upload it, Andy, was exactly what you've got in your little uh, pen pick caption there. Oscar giving the, the old... He loves the, the handshake grip, doesn't he? And the stare at Ryan Garcia. And Garcia can't stand him. He's waiting to get out of this contract. And I didn't have it cut, but uh, it was it was some uh, video stroke photograph there. I mean, I, I'm telling you, that that, 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 that still picture's got memes. It's got mileage written all over it, mate. I'm, I could just, just, just stay awake. That could be getting used many times over by yours truly because it's a... Uh, it's just... It kind of like sums him up really. Eh? He kind of like he just kind of stands there in a trance and just come to life like say, like on demand and he acts like that. Yeah, yeah, dude. Fucking hell. Nothing he says makes sense to me actually. It's like he's always searching for once. I thought last night, to be fair, when he got in the ring after the Melakuziev win, it was uh, as uh, sort of lucid as I've heard him in a while. He wasn't licking the lips Aye. and he, the eyes weren't that bad. He, he he obviously hadn't got tucked in yet. He, he seemed uh, pretty coherent. <laughs> We, I was worried about him. We wait to the middle of the meeting. We'll, we'll see him at the after party. He'll be standing in front of the fucking telly, showing the missus how he fucking threw a jab, how McCuslev was throwing body hooks and all that sort of stuff from that man, eh? Give me Oscar's light, mate. <laughs> exactly. He's not yeah. sorry. Any other nominations from you, Andy, please? Uh, kind of quiet week for me, mate, but just one of the ones, say, uh, the judge for the Harper fight, 97 93, was a bit of disgrace. Um, Bob Williams, wasn't it, I think. Ah, so it was like uh, the DJ, as you I think you already mentioned, that one was on my list as well. I, t- I took a cheeky wee look actually just at the IFL 
YouTube page just to kind of see the videos and the kind of weigh in and stuff. And I noticed that the, the viewing figures aren't really doing too hot at IFL Towers just now, so hopefully Coogs is a uh, managed to pay that water bill, hopefully. Um, Getting viewing but, figures like ours now. Aye, <laughs> uh, well, pretty much, aye. More views of the fart. <laughs> pretty much. And uh, I noticed someone had, had put out um, uh, the tickets and that, saying apparently the wood warrant fight last night was actually segregated because of the fucking fans, the Leeds fans, the Nottingham Forest fans, so they actually had to kind of put them in different sections across the arena. Fucking wild, man. I wouldn't doubt And uh, Barry McGuigan, uh, Carol Frampton coming out, uh, mentioning bits of, in his book, mentioning the IFL, he's saying, as, um, I'm, I'm looking at this... Uh, my lawyer's pulling up this shit, and he says, and he says, he finds out that somebody's took a holiday in New York out my fucking purse money, took a fucking sunbed and women's shoes and fucking handbags and shit. I'm surprised fucking Barry McGuigan wasn't called Brassneck at some point trying to rob folk like that, man. Fucking unbelievable. So one for fucking Barry McGuigan again for fucking sunbed, man. Fuck's sake. You ever been on a sunbed, Andy? No, I have not, mate. I've been on the beach, and I fucking hate it. I've got no I've got no compulsion to lie on the fucking beach, mate. With fucking suntan lotion on, getting like a fucking donut, fucking ton of air, sands everywhere. It's just fucking horrible. And same goes with these fuckers who go and sat in the sunbeds and that man. But that's state all affairs. the women in my work be on them all the time, and I, I they? Know, they, they I've never been like, on one in my life. Like man, they must look like fucking. They must look like aged to fuck me. They must be oh, see you put them under a black light, mate. They, you see the state of their skin, they'll be fucking a mess. No, they look lovely. That's what I'd say to me. <laughs> I right. <laughs> Go on, Dominic. Well, they do say it's quite a quite a dangerous thing for people's skin later in life. You know, like it's a it's a health risk. But um, I did actually uh, just while only saying that there, I, I said to you yesterday, Steve. I was in Lisbon, so it's a town about 10, 15 miles outside Belfast yesterday afternoon, about five o'clock, and I was parking my car, and uh, I heard this voice, "Hey, boy!" And it, it was it was actually Brompton, and um, he had been signing books and. In Lisbon city centre, I think. Um, but I think he, he must have remembered me from the, the book scene in, in Belfast last Saturday, last weekend. But he did say he would come on the pod either live or on a, a pre recorded one uh, on a weekday night uh, to, to talk about the book and everything else once things die down. But I was actually telling him, Steve, we're just while you're on this, um, uh, about the McWiggins, I was telling him a story that you once told me that I've never forgotten. Um, and this was back uh, a fight that Frampton had at the beginning of April 2014. He was. Fighting Isn't a... one of the libelous ones, is it? <laughs> no. Well, well, I don't. I don't think it's. No, it's not libelous. <laughs> not libelous. No. Um, it was. Do you, do you remember Rand Burnett was supposed to be on the undercard and Hatton Ricky was all over the place. He was on the pitch, and yes. uh, Rand Burnett failed the brain scan and Ricky couldn't get it sorted out. So, uh, one of the McWiggins, one of the sons, um, basically, uh, to try and sort the issue out, had to commandeer your laptop. And uh, uh, before you and even, your laptop in Willings, and you and your laptop, in. <laughs> and uh, you didn't even have the chance to say yeah, yeah, yeah or nay before the laptop was swiped off. You. And I was telling this to Frampton, and he just sort of laughed. He was just sort of saying entitlement, you know, the entitlement of the whole of the whole setup. So um, I think they, anyway... I think they claimed for the cost of the laptop. <laughs> <laughs> But he's got to come on the whatever few weeks time we'll get it sorted out uh, and uh, uh guys can get their questions ready so um we'll we'll we'll, we'll answer it well uh, as uncle, uncle pointy would say he can answer some real boxing questions 
Absolutely. Uh, do you have any value of the week to throw in in the meantime, Dominic? And I, I was just going to mention the, the one you mentioned it there about Oscar and um, Avon and Ryan Garcia. Um, the other one was actually the interview that I was talking about, Billy Joe Saunders and, and Simon Jordan. I'm going to nominate that because some of the stuff Saunders was coming out with, I mean, just, just one that I can't forget was he was talking about how much he wanted to win the Canelo fight and he said his mindset was when the plane was on the runway in England or Heathrow, wherever they were about to play off, he said, if I'm to lose this fight with Canelo, his mindset was let this plane crash. He actually said that in the interview with Simon Jordan. That's just the sort of stuff he, he's calling out with. Like, but I, I think the guy's a... I wouldn't, I wouldn't watch him, actually, I think, if he's won again. Like, but um, yeah, I'm going to nominate him for some of the stuff he was coming out with and not, not at the week. Well said, Dominic. Billy Joe Saunders, we wish him well. Right, let's go through them quickly before we get out of here for the night. So we had Jake Donovan going in on Tony Ballou. We had uh, Bellew himself with his outfit. We had Rick Glazer having a go at Benson. And then <laughs> the Jamal Charlo thing. We had uh, AJ doing his singing in the car. Eddie Hearn says that the AJ Wilder fight will happen. No <laughs> chance of the Fury uh, kids coming along, says that poster. Billy Joe Saunders talking about the Canelo fight gets a nomination as well. Bo Mack for his uh, court troubles, and then the Ford Capri as well with Spence. Who are you going for this week, Andy? Oh, and Ben Davison as well for the video intro. Um, I'm going to go for Rick Glazer. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to go for. <laughs> I mean, we've just, we've just, you know, we, we, we asked the real boxing questions, Steve. What does Rick Glazer do? He's got a vital role to do in the sport, and he's telling us that Jamel Charlo is hated because he's like a paedophile. <laughs> Oh dear, uh, Dominic. Uh, who are you going for? I'm going go for that. I'm going for that too. I'll, I'll go for Rick. That's a, that's a unanimous decision. Unanimous decision. Vic Glazer. We don't know what he does in boxing, but I'm sure it's something very important. You have won a major award, the Bay of the Week winner for episode five four three. Congratulations to you, Rick Glazer. Right, that is all we shall do for tonight. We managed to stretch it out like Devon Alexander's anus until ten past ten on this Sunday evening. Thank you for Dominic. Be the same again. Never been the same again. Dominic came on tonight. So did Adam Smido-Smith to talk about Lee Wood against Josh Warrington. Andy The Rock was here as well. Hopefully, Matty will be back next week and wrapping Rob Kelly. Might even hear from Aussie as the night's drawing and it gets colder. Thank you to everybody in the chat. Hit the like button on the way out. Subscribe. Do all those beautiful things. Hit the thumbs down button if you want to. But come and join us at patreon.com forward slash boxing asylum. I've been Steve Wellings. We'll see you all again for episode 544. Same time. Same place next Sunday, and bye. We'll never forget. Yeah, I think that's good about me. Go to Adam We want to be honest, yeah. Crying like a little bitch. I've never met a fucking soul that can feed me. I-, I fell asleep. I-, I fell asleep. You're a fucking bum, you're a fucking asshole. Rump or fucking stealth skin. But allegedly, Oscar Rivas has, 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 failed, has failed a test. Seven year ain't. Seven year ain't. I'm a fucking smash. Fuck you. I hope you fucking die. Be safe. I love boxing sounds. Simple as that. Sports Social Podcast Network.